Visit Arcade Club in Bury, Greater Manchester, the largest gaming venue in Europe. Set on two floors featuring over 250 original arcade machines, from Space Invaders right up to the latest Japanese rhythm games. There's also pinball machines, retro modern consoles, top-end PCs and VR stations. For just £10 entry or £15 for both floors, you can stay as long as you like and everything is set to free play. It's open Thursdays to Sundays with free parking, two licensed bars, two kitchens and fair price. And there's no need to book, just turn up for an awesome day out. Welcome to the Tent Porn Facade Podcast, where we ogle beautiful tent frontage. Or... It might be the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast, where we talk about old arcade games from back in our childhood, and even some more modern ones. <laughs> Hiya, Vic. Hello, Sean. How are you? Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I'm pretty good. Uh, what? What are we going to talk about this podcast? Well, we're going to talk about loads of stuff. So, what have we been up to, Mr. Sean? Well, as I said last time, I was going to record with the Maximum Power Up podcast doing Ooh. a shoot 'em up special. Pachow, 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 pachow. I that's have a, listened to that, and it's very, very good. You just said pachow yeah. a lot and mentioned bullets a few times. I know I did, didn't bullets. I? It, what it made me realise, actually, is I have missed some superb non-arcade shooters on the Mega Drive and PC Engine in particular. You have. Um, and I, was, I think I mentioned to on the podcast that I just didn't buy imports when I was younger. I just, it never entered my head to buy imports from a mega drive or whatever. Me neither. All, all, all these Japanese shooters, all the, like the star soldier series and wrecker and gunhead. And they're, they're fantastic. So I'm, I want to go back and play them. I can play them on emulation. Of course. Have you so played the, the Scottish version of gunhead? Gunhead. It's <laughs> good. It's a good one. That, isn't it? It's yeah. tartan. You just head- just headbutt people. Yes, with chips. Stereotypes. Yeah, so I'm going to do that when I get time because I'm doing other stuff. But I'm going to try and play some PC Engine and Mega Drive Japanese shooters because they look awesome. Yeah, I've played a lot of them. Um, I never really knew about import stuff either until about the PS2 era because there was a shop near, well, in Dorset. It wasn't quite near my house. I had to travel a bit to get to it. They did a lot of import stuff. But at the time, I didn't realise... Well, I think import machines like ps2s and mega drives and all that sort of stuff were quite yeah. expensive still because you obviously had to get them over and, uh, and a, an importer would charge you the earth for them and the games you can get like for 20 30 quid in the shops they're like 60 pounds i was like i'm not doing that why would i want to do that and i didn't mm. realize that obviously some games never came out over here and obviously mm. with some consoles you've got the pal and the ntsc differences where pal ones were slower with borders and all that sort of stuff yeah. it's only sort of now you realize about it but what you can do, son, is with your Raspberry Pi, you can put emulators on there and play them on your cab. Of course I can. Of course you can, silly. I, I did not think of that. Yeah, because you can play like the... Well, it's easy to emulate a, a PC Engine or a Mega Drive. It's two and three button cabs with a joystick. Absolutely brilliant. Mm. So you can probably do that. That'd be a little job for you to set up for next weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing on my Raspberry Pi my normal Raspberry Pi at the moment, and yeah. on LCD TV, but that's fine, that's fine. Because Rich Chunksin's uh, images now support consoles as well. Oh, he's great, that Chunksin oh, lad. Isn't he? Oh, oh isn't oh, he? Isn't he lovely? Lovely. Ooh, lovely. Ooh. <laughs> I listened to that podcast you were on, it was really good, really, really enjoyed it. 
thank you. Yeah, good lads as well, those two. Yeah. And the other lads, but them two is particularly on that one, really good. Made me want to go and play some PC Engine game. Pachow, pachow, pachow. But I was yeah. at work. Mm. Boo. Rubbish work. What else have you been up to? Any other stuff? Uh, Batcave and Arcade Club, so I've been enjoying both of them as per normal. The Batcave game was the unfathomable Super Smash Brothers. God knows what's going on with that. I, my, my boy loved it on the GameCube years ago. My and love I, did. I've never really been into it. I like the idea of all the different characters, because there's, there's loads of characters you can get and play, and they've all got different abilities. You can play Mr. Game & Watch, which is brilliant. But I've never just never seen the appeal to it. I like to watch people playing. It looks quite fun, but it's not really for me. <laughs> I've, I've played you know? it and not known looks which great. character it was. <laughs> no, it looks great, but it's just a bit too busy for me, a bit too much going on, my silly yeah. old eyeballs. So what have you been up to, Vic? Lords of stuff. I've been playing a lot of DK Jr., yeah, I'm, I'm back in. I love it again. I haven't played it for a while. I put it in my... I'm going to have one of my little um, sub-electro ISIS cabs as a Nintendo cabinet because I sold my Donkey Kong Jr. a little while because I wasn't playing it and someone else was much going to appreciate it more than I do. So I sold that to, to obviously pay for a few other things that I've been buying for the arcade and that as well because it got some good money for it because they're quite thought, sought after cabs. And I thought, oh, I need, I need a cab with Nintendo stuff because I've still got an original Donkey Kong Jr. board. I've got a Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, junior board and Donkey Kong. I've got Space Fever, which runs the different games on that as well. All Nintendo boards. All need slightly different um, adapting. But I'm going to put them all in the cab. And I put the Donkey Kong Junior in the little ISIS cab with an adapter I bought from America. When I went over there last, I got this an adapter. And it runs lovely in there. It plays original hardware, obviously. And it, it inverts the monitor, which it should do, because it's inverted signal on Nintendo cabs. It's also mm. got an onboard sound amp and all that sort of stuff so it plays lovely on there and i've been playing it now and again that's sort of what prompted me to choose it for this week's game yeah and i fell in love with it again i, I started off really rocky and thought oh god i've lost it you know sort of forgotten how to do things and stuff and it came back pretty quick and it's it's mm. been a joy to play again i'm not as good as i used to be my, my very very top score on one of the high score kits that was on my pcb was one hundred forty-three thousand, and oh, alex was good. just above it with 155 when he played on that cab with me um, so I want to try and exceed that. If I can get 150k, that'll be my ceiling, my goal, I think. But I think I can probably get better than that in the future. Nice. But I didn't this time. Spoiler. Oh, also, I went around Alex. Alex invited me around when he, he knew we were playing the game to have a little Donkey Kong Jr. session. So I went around there one evening. I think it was last Thursday. Just Thursday mm-hmm. gone. And we played non-stop Donkey Kong Jr. We did stop for a minute. So I'd look at it, some of his stuff in his, in his console room. He's got a really nice arcade-style joystick for the SNES called a Sheikah stick that someone made. Ooh, it's yeah. beautiful. It's made out oh. of solid bamboo. And it's got arcade bamboo. buttons. Yeah, it's really beautiful. These things are a pretty penny to buy. It's it's beautifully made and finished. It comes in a wooden box. It's that good. God. And it's got all sorts of things and extras with it and coins and just goodies. And It's just a really nice bit of kit. And Alex was sent it for a review, and obviously he gave it a really nice review. I had to go on uh, R-Type 3 with it. Mm. Oh, what a lovely game that is. I'll have to put that on uh, my Raspberry Pi setup, actually, I think, if I'm, if I'm going to have a sort of little console shooter section on there, play it on there. Oh, such a good game. It really reminds me of the first game, but enhanced. Really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I played that for a bit, and we did some of the stuff, and, yeah, we just had a really good game on Donkey Kong Jr. He excelled. He did really well, and I just scraped 100K. Just scraped 100K on there. I wasn't playing my best. It was on a different cab as well, see, on an original cabinet. I wasn't quite used to the controls because mine is slightly different than my little cab right so that was good fun 
I've been up to my elbows in an OK Baby candy cab, and it is filthy mucky. Mm-hmm. Mucking filthy it is. Yes. Um, I have been keeping an occasional blog on it. So I've got to update it actually soon. I've been doing some other stuff on it. Um, the link is on our site. Uh, I've made quite a bit of progress so far. Uh, still quite a bit to do, though. So have a look on the blog if you're interested in that. Yeah, I've read it. It's very good. On Friday, the day before yesterday, yes. I stayed on at work and made a bunch of Dino King arcade control panels for a, a few Dino owners. I think I made four in total. I quite like making those panels. They're quite fun to make. Because every now and again, someone will say, oh, can you do this, this custom one? And I sort of draw it out and say, yeah, it's going to be a bit tight doing that. I'll move it this way, this way, and sort of make it so it, it fits their needs. And it's quite fun making the different ones. And then I send the, the DXF file, which is a drawing file. a draw, a date, Is it data or drawing exchange file, DXF? I send it to Muddy Music Ollie, and he does the artwork for them with the exact button layouts that I've done. So they're both the same. So when you put the overlay on the top, all the buttonholes line up and everything. Perfect. Oh, that's yep. good. It's pretty good. But these things are quite small. I actually rejigged a design to make a two-player three-button per side with 30mm buttons. Normally I use 24mm buttons because they're a bit smaller and get them in easier. But I just yep. fitted them on there. Because these things are only 425 by 175 millimeters. Mm, so that was quite fun, yeah. Lovely. That's about it, though. I've been playing loads of Donkey Kong Jr. And a nice. bit of Cubert now and again. The garage is an absolute bomb site because that stupid OK baby in there. It's got bits everywhere at the minute, and I haven't got enough room. I'm really, I'm really detesting my my arcade space because it's not big enough to move around and work in there. I had to put one of the cabs in the shed that I wasn't really using just to get out of the way to get room in there. Oh, and this morning I showed someone around the arcade who was interested in it. Who, was, who stayed over last night? We had a bit of a party last night, a dinner party. And I put the asteroids on because he mentioned Star Wars. And I put the asteroids on to show him, you know, same kind of graphics. Screen's gone wobbly. Oh. I haven't had the asteroids for ages. And I think it might be the cold weather. It's not cold in there, but it's a little bit colder than normal. Because mm. my arcade is part of the house. So it stays quite warm. I have to investigate that later on. <sighs> Bummer. Have you sold your house yet? No, not yet. We've had viewings and stuff, but it's slow going at the minute. We've been told that. Boo. Right. But when you sell it, you can get a new house and a new big massive arcade barn. It's all it's all planned already, actually. We've seen the house we like. We've put an offer in on everything. I'd accept it. Just got to wait and see and see what happens. But mm. as you know, moving house is a pain in the rear. really is. Yes. So Don't hopefully, like fingers it. crossed, see what happens. Let's get on to better stuff than all that. Arcade News. Okay, that's the film that's coming out soon, Ready Player One. Have you read the book? No. I have, it's excellent, can't wait for the film. They've got a little website up, and you can play versions of Joust, Root Beer Tapper, Cine Star, Robot Ron, and some called First to the Key, which is I think is tied in with the film. So you can play little little versions of that on your computer. Cool, because they're all mentioned in the... In the film, actually, I think Pac-Man's mentioned. It's quite a few games mentioned in it, actually. It's a really good film. Uh, well, good books, sorry, I don't like the film. The film's supposed to be brilliant, Spielberg, so it's got to be pretty good. I would have thought. Yeah, I'll, I'll think I'll go to cinema to watch that one. I think it looks quite good. End of the month, uh, I think we're getting a preview of it somewhere at the end of the month. I'm not sure where, but quite close to me, I think. Nice. Next, we have Replay Events London, a new Ooh. event, a new event from the Replay team, the Play team. It's on the 11th and 12th of August at the Printworks in Londinium. Uh-huh. So you could go to that, Vic, it could be quite close to you. I think I've got something on. 
I'll have to look. Clothes. Yeah. T-shirt. Definitely. You're wearing blue today instead of black. What's the matter? It's my skyscraper T-shirt. Oh, you normally wear black all the time, don't you? <laughs> so guess what? what this, this is this is common knowledge now but i knew about it a while ago there is no play expo manchester this year okay and i know the reason why one can't say uh, instead there's another does it involve one. thieves uh, thieves blackguards murder vagabonds and rapscallions does it involve them let's say mm. yes yes it does yes all right but there's another play event in blackpool last weekend in october Okay. So that'll be good. I've known about Loads that as well, but I'm not allowed to, I wasn't allowed to see anything. Oh, anyway, so it's a bit different on the events calendar this year, but there's still loads to do, so that'll be good. Nice to be jigged around. Yay! Oh, John's Arcade. Hi, guys! A YouTube <laughs> video of Arcade Club's Skyskipper Meet is finally up. He's uh, edited and everything. It's out. How brilliant is yes. that? Yeah, he loved Arcade Club. He said it was one of the best arcades for the relaxed atmosphere. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, he really loved it. He did enjoy them uh, them pies we had at the bar. Yeah, he did. He, he, God, he said, really liked the pie. <laughs> can you do his accent? We are in the basement. Go on. We're in the basement, guys! <laughs> He's got uh, some he, lovely cabs he, in his basement, hasn't he? God, yeah, it's a lovely Ooh, place. God, yeah, brilliant games room. Kill for that, I would. What's this next one? Oh, Phil Murray has updated the Scramble Hardware multi-code. Remember this multi-game? Uh, yeah. To add in a pause feature. I told him about this, and I mentioned it might happen on an original Scramble Cab. On an original Scramble Cab and Super Cobra Cabs, you have a fire button either side and a joystick in the middle. But there's no one and two player start buttons. The left button, left fire button, is one player start as well as fire. And Sorry, there's two buttons, and one of them is one player start and fire, and one is two player start and bomb. There's no dedicated one and two player buttons. But when you go in the in the hardware game... When you press two buttons down or hold them down for a few seconds, it takes you back to the menu. And what was happening mm. is you held the buttons down for like two, three seconds, or whatever, and then go into menu. It was immediately thinking you're pressing button one again and going to the first game in the menu. So it would immediately go back to Super Cobra. And it was a right. bit of a pain. So what Phil's done now is he's left a little pause in there. So as you hold it down, the screen goes black and pauses, and you let go, then you get the menu up. It's much better now. He's done a good job there. But also, he has added Frogger. To the yes. mix. Yes, and it's really good. There's one slight difference in it because of the hardware limitations of how it does the colours on the, you know on the road, the bottom bit's brown uh, black and the top bit's blue. So it's the road yeah. and the you can either have it blue or black all over. But you can't right. have it split screen because apparently it's it's in hardware, it does it on the frogger board. So now it's doing it in software, right. it has to be very slightly different. But you notice no difference. I didn't notice a difference. You had to tell me. I was like, oh really, I didn't really notice it. And it saves high scores and everything. Brilliant. It's so good. It's better than the Galaxian multi-version, which has got really weird colours and sounds because it's done on Galaxian hardware. Mm. Whereas uh, Scramble hardware is much closer to Frogger hardware. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. Really pleased with that. He's working on another cool. game now. I'm not... Oh, I am sure. I, I do know, actually, but I'm not going to say what it is. It'll be a good one. Mm. Loads more to go on there as well. Well done, Phil. He's a, he's a genius, isn't he? He's absolutely brilliant. There is another high score kit out that someone else did, um, but I don't think it can have as many games on it as Phil's, because Phil's, I think, has got space for 31 games. 
Nice. So I don't even think there's that many that many scramble hardware games. So it can probably have more on there if he can jig them on there. Can't wait to get more on there. So many good games gonna be coming out for that. So glad I got it. <laughs> this is a good one. This is, this is Dragon's Lair. You can play in your browser, and it actually works. But why would you want to do that? It is quite. It's, it's interesting, but I don't know how he does it. I think maybe. You control, you know, you control the cartoon, and then you you, you do like press a jump or attack or left yeah. or right, and, and it, it flicks to a different bit of video. So it could be that it's loaded a YouTube video or something, and it's flicking to different sections depending on what keys you press. Is it quite but quick? It, yeah, it does actually work. Oh yeah. right, wow, that's interesting. Just, it does it all because they've put, they've put a lot of main games you can play in a browser now. And they work perfectly, but back. Mm. It was a few years ago, it was really slow and clunky, and it would stop and pause and load. But yeah, it's good how they've got everything working seamlessly now. Yeah, it's got lives on it and all sorts. Excellent. We'll put, put a link in the no-shows. It's absolutely lovely. Do you remember a little while ago, someone on UK VAT called Sakura ported some Spectrum games that he'd written to Taito L system hardware? which is um, mm. it's a few games that run L system. I think Puznik does, because I've got two Puznik boards. They're little tiny, about five-inch square Jammer PCBs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's written a game called Squidge. I think, actually, I think the Squidge was a game on the Commodore 64, and he's ported it to the Spectrum, and now he's also ported it to Taito L System Hardware with updated graphics and sound. It looks really good. It looks fun. Mm. I want to download it and put it on there because I don't really play Puzzling, and I've got two of them, so I'm going to put the ROMs on that. It'd be great. I don't think he's released it quite yet, but it's very soon. It's coming out. So well done, Sakura. It's excellent stuff. Also, also, we have Kong Off 6. He's just finished, I think, as we record in from the Banning Pinball Museum. Ooh, that's in California. So all the stars are there. Walter Day, Richie Knuckles, I think. <laughs> Billy Mitchell will be there. I don't know. Oh, oh don't with, know with the happening. recent controversies. Mm, with Mr. Mitchell. We don't know what's going on. No. I, oh, this is, a new, this is a good one. A new, this is for emulation fans, a new Raspberry Pi has been released. It is just a slight upgrade from the Model B. So you're going from a 1.2 gigahertz processor to a 1.4. Mm-hmm. And it's got faster Ethernet, faster Bluetooth, and, and a couple of other upgrades. So it's just an incremental. It's not Yeah, not massive. a massive upgrade. I'm not going to bother with that one, I don't think. No, but it's the same price, which is brilliant. They're just keeping cool. it at $35, which to us would be about 30 quid, I suppose. Like. Yeah, 28, 30 quid. Still a bargain. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. And the last bit of news, new stuff. We haven't looked at new stuff for a bit. New stuff? New stuff from the Arcade Heroes website. There's a pinball from Spooky Pinball called Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Oh, uh, it's an Alice Cooper one, is it? I wonder what yeah. they were doing next. They love all these old rock people, don't they? Yes. Good stuff. And there's apparently Sega World Drivers Championship, which is... It says it's kind of a spiritual successor to Scud Racer. I used to love Scud Racer. Such amazing Racing graphics. Scuds. The, the graphics on that are one of them wow moments in the arcade for me. I, might, I may have mentioned this before. Mm. But I, I remember seeing it on a pier somewhere. And just be the, the, the reflections on the bonnets of the cars and stuff. And thinking that's just incredible graphics. I can see a reflection off your glasses right now. And uh, my head. Oh, yeah, and your bonts. Shiny. Shiny. Not off my chin, though, because it's covered in beard. It's covered in wool. <laughs> yes. And uh, what's, who's uh, Les Aleo like this one? You know, the game is always, always on about us trying to... Uh, he wants us to cover Hiankyo Alien. Yes, I've heard about that on other podcasts as well, actually. There's a new version of it. 
Oh, okay. For Exa Arcadia hardware, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Is that modern hardware? I've not heard of that one. I think so. Cool. Let's look into that. Okay. And it's called Hiankyo Alien 3671. And it's like a four-player version. Oh, that'd be fun. Because it's, it's a hole-digging game, isn't it? Mm. So if you can yeah. sort of think of Bomberman, but with holes. That That's what, what it thinking? looks like. Yeah. Oh, that sounds quite fun. It's got colourful graphics like the, the updated Pac-Man games. Get in that hole! We can put <laughs> Neil, we can put Neil and Trollnads in holes instead of yeah. that box. Yeah. They probably deserve it. Talking about new stuff, you know there's a new pinball, uh, I think Whitney from the Broken Token is going to get it, called Total Nuclear Annihilation. You heard of that pinball? Uh, I haven't, to be honest. I think it's spooky again, so it's slightly cheaper than, than Stern ones. And mm. I've actually played it. I played it when we were in... Somewhere in America, I can't remember what it was now. We went to a pinball museum and they had it at the front. And it was one of only four you had to pay for because it was a brand new one and it, it was still in prototype development. And right. I played it, it was really good. And Whitney played on the Broken Token podcast a few podcasts ago, um, an actual tape he got, a cassette tape of the music from the game. It's yeah. sort of like um, sort of like dance music, but sort of quite chilled background music. It's when Alex put it on the other night when we were playing Donkey Kong Jr. And I downloaded it. It's really good. My wife likes it as well. We put it on last night when we were having dinner party. We just put it on the background. It's really, really cool. And I said to everyone, do you, do you like this music? Yeah, it's quite good. Actually. What is it? And I said, oh, it's the soundtrack from a pinball machine. They went, what? I was like, yeah, and it's really, really good. You should, I'll put it in the show notes for people to download. It's really good. Really enjoyed it. Nice. Nice. I think that is it, kids, for the arcade news. It is. Arcade pickups. Have you bought anything lately, Sean, in the pickup section? You better have. I have bought. I'll tell you what I did buy. Go on. A big bar of that caramel chocolate. Well, That's I've just not it. really arcade, is it? It... I, no, Did I think you get I got off of it over your joystick and your buttons. I think I got some on my buttons, so that's kind of arcade related. It is, isn't it? Mm. Shall I make up for your non-buying? Yes, go on. Uh, it's always me, isn't it? Right, okay, baby. That candy <laughs> cab. I got it cheap a little while ago, real cheap. A <clears throat> friend of mine might be having it because he likes candy cabs. <laughs> so I'm trying to make it functional for him. It's a bit mm. beaten up. It's a bit yellow, but it's a candy cab. So I'm doing quite a lot of work on that, and hopefully he can have yes. it before long. Wow. Yes. Uh, if you want to have a look at what I've been doing to it, read up, fix up, clean up, rest- restoration, whatever you want to call it, it's not going to be mint. It's got mm. too much wrong with it. I'm going to do it as cheaply as possible with all the parts I've got free. Just get it working, get it nice, maybe get a good screen in it, a good control panel. That's all you need, really. The rest of it is just functional. Yeah. So at the top of our site, there's a... A little page called Everything is going to be okay, baby. Oh, I like it. So there's also a link on the site. So have a look on that. But inside the thing, when it arrived, it sort of had sellotape on the panels because some of the locks were missing and stuff like that. And and after Martin had delivered it, thank you, Martin, for delivering that. After he delivered it and he went off in his van, I had a quick look. I thought, just have a quick look before I go back to work, see what's inside it. I opened the front one up that had a little key in it, opened it up, and there was an Xbox in it. You know the original big black Xbox? Yeah. One of them was like, oh, that's a freebie. I like that. I looked in the back of it, and it had a jammer adapter, a proper jammer adapter for it, which cost money. They're not cheap to buy, I don't think, and you don't see many mm. of them. So obviously this has been in the cab to be played in there, but there wasn't a power supply for it. You know it's got a two-pin cassette lead type power supply in the back of an Xbox. There yeah. wasn't one of them in the cab, so I don't know how it had been played, but it had the jammer adapter. And it was just lobbed in there. So I un- uncoupled it. 
and the chassis of the monitor was hanging on the back of it. That's the second cab I've seen like that in as many months, with the, the chassis just hanging off. I think it just fell <laughs> off the because sh- it wasn't actually screwed onto the the mounts in the in the frame, but they all lined yeah. up, and I just put some M4 screws in it, and now they're it's it's bolted on. But they just couldn't be bothered to bolt it on, and it fell God. off. Yeah, but it's still hanging by the wire. It's okay. But the Xbox and the jammer adapter, when I te- got around to testing it, it wouldn't boot. It kept giving me an error 12. I think it was error 12. And I googly bared it, and Googles told me to reseat the DVD cable inside it. So I undid all the screws, took the DVD cable out, put it back in again, it fired right up. But when I um, had it on the screen in front of me here, on, on the super gun, just in the little test area... Um, red was obviously missing from the mod. It was very everything was all green and sort of blue, very sort of washed out. So I realised yeah. red was missing, um, and also uh, the controls wouldn't work. It wouldn't move because it had obviously been um, soft modded somehow to play some games off the hard drive. Yeah, and the DVD won't open at all. It won't open up. I'm not sure if they've, they've made it so it won't open or it just doesn't function. I'm not sure. But there was a few games on the hard drive, and I wouldn't, the controls weren't. So I unplugged everything, turned it off, unplugged it, and. I gave the edge connector a bit of a clink because it's absolutely filthied up. Again, everything in the OK Baby is absolutely filthy. with almost like a sort of a dry, light brown, clayey dust on everything. I don't know oh. where these things have been kept. Maybe outside somewhere hot. I've got a mm. feeling they're, they're Chinese games, but they were somewhere in Europe stored. I'm not sure where right. they came from, but who cares? So when I cleaned that off just with a light, light rubbing of some wet and dry on there, Fired up perfectly. Colours, games were working. Uh, there was like a, uh, there's a few games installed. There's Polish Revolution Soccer, yeah, or something. Um, a GTA game, uh, and the best of all, there was a King of Fighters on there. Proper arcade right. game. So that's probably what they were running it, I suppose, if it was running. Mm-hmm. Not sure what, what which one. You know, they're all the same, aren't they? In King of Fighters. Yeah. I think what's what's the best one supposed to be? Ninety four. Is it ninety four? I to be the best have one? no idea. Or ninety eight. I like Last Not Blade. Sure. That's a good shit. That's a good fighter on the uh, on the Neo Geo. Oh, is that with swords and stuff? Yeah, loads of funny weapons on it. It's mad. It's crazy stuff. There's two like of the them. Samurai Showdown. They're pretty good as well. They're all very much of a muchness, aren't they? I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure fighting people know exact nuances, but we don't. Yeah, it's just yeah, kicking I've... stuff in face. Yeah, instead of shooting stuff in face, you're kicking stuff. Yeah, and punching. I bought another cab as well. Oh my god. What's it, what is wrong with you, man? Have I not told you about this one? No. From the raid I went to a few months ago, there was an, electric, an electrical MIDI in there, a nice-looking MIDI. And I've always wanted a MIDI. They're nice-sized cabs. They're really neat-looking. They're my favourite after the Goliaths of the Electrocoin series. Mm. And it was a nice one, and it's got a good game in it, which I'll talk about when I get it. It's a good game. Yes. Uh, my two compadres went back there. I couldn't go at the time. I can't remember why. I think it was the weather. Went back there and picked some more bits and bobs up and picked up for me. So thank you, Tony, for picking it up. And yeah. also, I haven't really got room for it at the moment. Alex is going to look after it for me. He said, as long as you put a good game in it, I'll look after it for you. So it's a done deal. I'm going to put some games in for Alex when uh, we can eventually go and get it. And he can play the yeah. Jammer Cab for it once I have enough room for it. Nice, good. good. Yep. I think it needs a chassis repair. I don't think the monitor fires up on it, but that's not a problem. Get that sorted pretty quick. I've got some spare chassis at home anyway, so I'll probably just bang one in, hopefully. Mm. Sorted. Oh, I've also got Alex's Donkey Kong Jr. Remix Daughter card, which is a little a little extra you put on Donkey Kong Jr. to play the remix versions. Um, Alex thought it was faulty, and I have found out since it isn't, and I'll tell you why when we talk about Donkey Kong Jr. later on. 
So it's a remix. He didn't remix his daughter, did he? Yes, his daughter is totally remixed. Brilliant. She's got an arm <laughs> where her head used to be and a leg coming out the back and all sorts. Wow. It's really good. Little. It's a good enhancement to the game. But if you think Donkey Kong Jr. is hard, you want to try and play Donkey Kong Jr. Remix. Oh, fun, but rock hard. Yeah, another level of hardness. Oh, God. Right, some people have been talking to us in what we like to call... Listener Feedback. First one from Retro Mash. I know some people haven't enjoyed Alibaba, which was our last game, but I thought it was a cracking little game. Thoroughly enjoyed it. A nice mixture of chasing and avoiding. I loved the rave music when you became a big yellow monster. I forgot about that music. Can I get a rewind? Your laptop wobbles about when you do that. It looks like you're actually having a rave in your house. Do it again. Oh my God, I feel giddy. Ian Cullen, top casting gents. I'm curious to see the flyer artwork for Robert Smith and the Slightly Haunted Dog. Could you post it, please? Also, I can't find it in my main list. We have posted the poster. Have a look on the website. That is a great post. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Zaps, Zaps Retro Arcade Bar that you talked about last time. Huge thanks to the guys at the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast for giving us a shout-out. Go and give it a listen, and then check out the previous episodes. We thought you guys making sense of our usernames was very funny. Well, I'm going to go there when it opens, so keep in contact, guys. Mm. Phil Nez for life. Podcast 103. You guys should have stopped at 100. It's just going downhill. Who listens to this tripe anyway? Oh, and a Jordan. Trollnad sent me. You guys rock, and I can't wait to listen to another awesome show. Biscuits! <laughs> Trollnads uh, are sent him <laughs> more Trollnads Eric Banana great podcast guys nice to hear some Vectrex love I'm going to have to do a bit of cab trist to drag the junior machine out to switch and switch out my Donkey Kong board for my Donkey Kong junior board and he has done actually on the challenge yeah. nice to play a challenge game on an actual cab here 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 Mick Berry found the flyer for Sean Holly's arcade game and that is Crime is the Disease Meet the Cure with Robert Smith jump in someone else's train is, yeah, it's Cobra, isn't it? He's took the picture, very good. <laughs> took the picture of Stallone from Cobra and put Robert Smith's head on it. It's really well done, actually. It looks much better, I think. And it's Robert Smith. <laughs> Cobra's a great film. Have you seen it? I have seen it a long it time is, ago. I, I watched it about a year ago, and it is the perfect blend of 80s cheese and Stallone rubbishness. It's so yep. bad. It's, it's so good. It's so bad, it's good. Mm, I reserve judgment on that. <laughs> Michael Wortman. Dear Wortman. German. What? German Wortman. Wortman, sorry. Dear Sean, dear Victor, thanks a lot for your brilliant podcast. Had heard of your show in the No Quarter podcast, although your accents were hard to understand for these fine German ears at first. After learning one one or another new words, Skellingtons. Skellingtons. I am now really enjoying it. Very entertaining and informative. A great show. Now I am backtracking through your old episodes and look forward to the new ones with all the little gems you dig out. Still playing Alibaba, by the way. It somehow got me. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Mm. Sending you a photo of the main cabinet I've built over the last year. Not completely finished yet. The artwork is missing, but it works like an... It, but it works. An old daddy can show his kids a small part of his game in youth. Thanks again and keep it up. He's put something in German there. Wille Gruber. That's a, that funny looking B is two S's. Wille Gruber. Oh. Kind regards. Kind regards, that. apparently. I probably, I probably pronounced it wrong anyway. Mm. So, Michael, where is this main cab picture? I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it? I haven't. Please send it to us. We'll have a look. Mr. Tagster in Australia. Enjoy the last podcast, guys. The catchphrase jingle was a nice addition to the flyer quiz. Vring. 
Yeah, that's good then, isn't it? You didn't get lots of them, though, because you got them all wrong. Wah, wah. You got them all right, didn't you? Apart from Robert Smith, which would have been an impossibility. Yeah, I'm working on that. Right. <laughs> Steve Erickson from the Retro Asylum podcast. Hi, Steve. He thinks we should be covering Donkey Kong 3 on the NES. That's not going to happen because we're an arcade podcast. But, Steve Erickson, Alex and I did cover the original arcade version back on Podcast 18. So go back and listen to that. Wow, that's over 100 years ago. That's a thousand years ago. Good God. Men were still on horseback back then. They had, you had no computers yet to talk into a yogurt pot. They didn't have yogurt either. Uh, we've always had yogurts, haven't we? Probably. Sal Bugli-Russi. Hey, Victor and Sean. Donkey Kong Jr. I love this game. It's definitely a tough one, but I found I didn't really start enjoying it, so I finally understood all the little ins and outs. More on that later. I love the sound in this game. It feels like an improvement over the original Donkey Kong. The sound of climbing vines, jumping, pushing keys into locks, all of it. Absolutely perfect, in his opinion. Nice one, Sal. I agree. Neil, 20 to 5. Feedback for the Tenneth Penseth Casterers. Guys, I've been absent without excuse for a few weeks now, and for this yes. I must apologise. Everything seems to be eating my time lately, and I've just kept missing deadlines. Anyway, I am still here listening to you both, and you are still as crap, sorry, brilliant, as ever. Mm-hmm. The chosen games have been a mixed bag, but I like this. I just haven't had the time to play it. It's on about a DK Junior. Yeah. As much as I would have liked. Still the best arcade podcast out there by two guys called Vic and Sean. I could agree with that. Thanks, Neil. Uh, D-Type from Switzerland. Just listen to the Vectrix part of the podcast. I'm still back at podcast 60-something, but couldn't wait. Revival sounds like an unofficial 2018 UK Vectrix meetup. It's so tempting to jump on a plane to go as I really get into my Vectrix now. Annoyingly, I'm in the UK the following week with family for a holiday. I've not played Vector Patrol, which looks great, but I have played Rocks Deluxe, and it's superb. Thomas asked me what I thought of LED UFOs, early version of Rocks and Saucers, and I said it was good, but I thought the Asteroids Deluxe had better gameplay. Why, he said. Because the Asteroids Rocks rotate, and the Hexagon Boss at the end was an extra challenge. So maybe you can blame me for that little bonus, because they've added them into the game. Brilliant. Good stuff. Ed Horse, I really like it too. Would never have kept with it, only for the 10 pence score. Thanks, 10 pence arcade. He's on about Alibaba, I think. Or is he on about DK Jr.? Both. Could be. Perhaps. John Singletary, Lord Victor of the Ten Pence. I will share some pictures and stories of the one-of-a-kind emulated cabs in future emails, but first, Donkey Kong Jr. scores, and we've moved that to the high score bit. As I said, I'll send pics of the unique cabs later, but here is a rundown and short stories of my current standard cabs. He has a centipede cabaret. Had it about three years. Sam Kong Jr., which is his child, helped me replace Big Blue, which solved the only problem so far. Plays great. Claim to fame, you have the same one. I bet this is better condition than mine. Uh, Gyrus Upright, original with the Monroe stick, nice. that I have had since 1995. Claim to fame, total maintenance in that time, a bulb in the coin door. And a recent edition of a, a high score kit. Who says arcade stuff doesn't work properly? Yes, that's lasted well, hasn't it? Time Pilot Cocktail, which is quite a rare cap. Missing special cocktail Monroes. Hmm. This is rarer than hen's teeth as a cocktail. Claim to fame, serial number 00007. Whoa. That's a really early one. I've never seen um, a time pilot cocktail, so I'd like to see pictures of that, John. Luna Lander. Got this in an estate sale last week, playing blind. Almost mint. I wonder how much he paid for that. That's an expensive cab. Mm. And finally, Pac-Man and Donkey Kong Jr. I recently got both these cabs for $50 each. <laughs> that is a travesty. 
even <laughs> even a knackered one's five hundred pounds in this in this country. Both of those cabs, easily yeah. a proper hanging one, five hundred quid, easily. Uh, making two trips to a place called Frostproof in Florida to get them. Google it. Literally the middle of nowhere. These are in rough, rough, rough shape. Pac-Man is original and complete except missing the PCB. Donkey Kong Jr. is complete but looks like someone dragged it down the road on its back. I'm going to bring back both to life and we'll show you the final product if you're interested. Yes, we are, John. We are actually having to cut the back off the Donkey Kong Jr. and biscuit join it to a new back edge. He's not going to use our kind of biscuits. He's going to use woodworking biscuits because I don't think a couple of hobnobs would hold it together. What about a biscuit with caramel in? That would have more of a chance, I think. Yeah. Just mention it to him. I will. I'm not skilled in woodworking or electronics, but I can't let these babies die, so stay tuned. Good luck on that, John. Excellent excellent gets there. And that's about it for the feedback. Shout out. Yes, I'm going to give a shout out to Lewis Batcave for having the our feature game Donkey Kong Jr. on at the Retro Games Night in Blackburn and promoting and thus promoting our show. Thanks, Lewis. Cheers, Lewis. Who won at the Batcave on that night? I am not sure. Was it, was it you? <laughs> or did you have too many IPAs? That's the problem with the Batcave now. They sell IPAs. Uh-oh. I did seem to get better at... I think he had Dodon Patchy on the PS1, and I seemed to get better at that the more IPAs I had. Oh, that's crazy stuff. Which also, thank you, Lewis, for buying one of my PCBs off me. You should be getting it Tuesday, sir. R-Type. Yes. You should be getting it when this is out, actually, so you'll have it already. Hope you enjoy cool. it. Uh, thank you. Shout-outs to Muddy Music Ollie Cotton for his design skills and making me custom-sized Cuba control panel overlay and marquee. I haven't had them yet. I'm waiting for them to be printed, I think. I can't wait to get those. And I'm going to take that game to Revival. Ah, oh, brilliant. People will be able to play my Cuba and my little Isis cab with lovely graphics on it. Oh, that's good. Uh, Alex Nintendo Arcade for having me round for a Donkey Kong Jr. session we talked about earlier on his original arcade cab. Uh, as I said, I had to go on R-Type 3 on the SNES with his beautiful Sheikah SNES arcade stick. Good stuff. Nice. Oh, one more shout-out for me, for Mark X Mosquito. He did a two-all on R-Type, so he went through it all on one credit twice. Oh, my Lord. This guy's he, amazing, isn't he? He is world-class at horizontal shooters and a couple of other things. He's really, really good. I think horizontal, like, Ghosts and Goblin-style games and Final Fight, he's excellent at that kind of stuff. You should watch. We talked about this ages ago, a few years ago. He did a compilation video, which speeded up, of him completing a ton of games one after the other. Mm. I'm not sure if he actually did it live one after the other, or he just edited it together, but it shows him finishing games completely on his cab. Usually with his cat interrupting him as well. Hilarious. <laughs> so well done, ex Mosquito. In the, in the YouTube comments, and he put, inspired by a recent score competition on the amazing 10 Pence Arcade podcast. Amazing. Get that, we're amazing. Get in. Tech Tips. Right, this time on Tech Tips, I'm actually going to do a raid tips. We managed to do this a little while ago. These are some comments and ideas I had from when I went to this raid. I've been on a few before, and mm. it's just a few little things. If you ever get a tip-off of an arcade operator or an old youth club or you know an old arcade or whatever, get rid of a load of cabs and you get this scoop on it and get to do what we call a raid, here's some tips for you. So first rule of arcade raids, nobody talks about the arcade raid. Yeah, like Fight Club. The second rule of Arcade Club, you got it. Yeah, no one talks about raids. There have been cases where a location has been shared around a bit too much 
and unscrupulous dealers have moved in and bought the whole lot to flip on at a later date for massive profits. Nobody wins there. Because mm. usually with these raids, it's a bunch of like-minded people get some cabinets they couldn't normally get for a cheap price to do up and stuff. So, take a fact-finding trip first. Go meet the op, take inventory of the stock and parts, ask loads of questions about their business. You know, friendly, don't be nosy, but friendly. Mm. If you know, for instance, that they supplied loads of pubs and bars, you can assume they supplied loads of golf and stroke sports games and maybe quiz games, because that's the kind of thing they had in those kind of places, and, you know, jukeboxes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If they have operated for a long time, you may find they have a bunch of classics mothballed somewhere as well. Make sure you ask for all the stuff they have, because they might not think you're interested in the old stuff. Mm. They may have parts they think are useless, and so you may need, and they might just chuck them in a skip. Ask about ballpark figures, and try and get them down for one price to clear the lot out. If you offer them X amount of £1,000 for, say, 10 cabinets, their eyes will light up and they will sell them to you. Then you can just go and get some mates around to split the costs and get the yeah. cabs cheap, because you are going to get them a lot cheaper than you would anywhere else, especially mm. if they're uh, they're untested. You can buy You can buy an untested cabinet a lot cheaper than a tested working cab. Any day mm. of the week. Make a date for all of you to go and clear the lot out in one go as soon as possible after the first initial price is discussed. Ops can sometimes look at ridiculous prices on eBay and think they're going to sit, think they're sitting on a gold bullion. Get in there quick and don't allow this to happen. When you eventually go to the clear out stroke load up, make sure you have a van, driver, or drive up with a vehicle to take stuff away yourself. Be prepared. You should already have a bit of an idea when you will be, what you'll be up against because you've already been round there to have a look. Mm-hmm. Here are a few things you should take with you. Uh, firstly, a good torch or even a floor-standing floodlight, you know, like you, things you find on building sites. Yeah. Sometimes you'll be going into an old room with no electric lighting. You may miss, say, Donkey Kong PCB or something. Or a Dr. Micro. Don't want to miss that. Well, you, you wouldn't want to miss standing on a Dr. Micro, would you? <laughs> and then setting fire to it. Make sure the power supply is fresh or fully charged, obviously. Because the last one we went to, we went in one room that was completely black. We had to have our phone lights to see what was going on. It was awful. So I've actually mm. bought a little floodlight since then, a little halogen floodlight, a rechargeable one. It's really bright. Take some thin rubberized gloves. You'll be getting filthy with years of arcade dust all over stuff. And the solder side of PCBs are dead sharp, as I found out. Ooh. Biscuits. You never know when you might get peckish. Don't have any snack accidents. Snack accidents. I like it. Take a change of clothes or some kind of overalls. See above about getting filthy dirty. You'll probably be going to a cafe and eating later on, and you want to be clean for that. Mm. Make sure you're wearing warm clothing. Depending on the time of year, obviously, most old amusement warehouses are not heated. Actually, they never are heated. Usually resemble the Arctic Circle. (laughs) Take some tools, especially if you want to take parts of a junk cab, maybe. Take some common arcade keys as well. I have a 250 key on my house keychain. A 250 key is a key to like lock. Yeah, I've, I've got, got I've got loads of them. Yeah, they're really handy to have. And there's yeah. some other numbers as well that are common to different locks. It makes getting into a cab possible. Sometimes a locked cab can have a trove of treasure in it. A treasure might, trove? Might have PCBs in there, might have extra marquees, all sorts of stuff. Might have an extra joystick in there, might have some money in it even. Biscuits? Yep, yep. I don't think there's so many biscuits. The mice will have those away. Yeah. Yeah, also, when you open stuff, be prepared to find some unsavoury items as well. Spiders. Definitely arcade spiders. They're always in there. Dead mice, rats, all sorts of homes that certain mammals have been living in. Not good. Vole. 
A vole? Eagles. I don't hate think eagles. In it. Yeah, hate be- watch the hate beaks. Also, take a first aid kit. I have cut myself a few times before rummaging around dirty old arcade junk, and you don't want to get arcade dirt in cuts. It really wouldn't be good for you. Mm. Oh, no. If you want to test PCBs before you offer a price up, take some test gear with you. A super gun with a screen, uh, a controller, and something to listen to the boards. But bear in mind, if the game's working, it will cost more. The op will want to charge you more for it. If you take a risk and offer cash on untested PCBs, be wary that you are taking a risk. About 90% of the PCBs I had from the last raid didn't work. They just didn't work. But they're all still worth something. I'm not worried about paying the money I paid for them. It's fine. I'll, I'll get the money back or about to fix them for myself, so it's not really a problem. I'm still getting a bargain. Yeah. Take as many adapters you own too. Jammer Games are plug and play with a with a super gun, but something like a Konami 36 adapter, maybe a Capcom Classic one, maybe some Galaxian ones, they're common. Uh, Phoenix yeah. adapters, all sorts of stuff. Sega adapters. Just take as many adapters as you own in a box. You might need them. Uh, Konami Games usually have a GX code on them. Which can be referenced by Google if you can get you can find out a game by its code. Make sure you pay next to nothing for untested games. Unless you know exactly what they are and you really want one, they probably won't work. They were probably mm. put on a shelf for a reason, i.e. they're taken out of a cab because it didn't work and mothballed. Yeah. You have a higher chance of a game working if it's still in the cabinet. Because it may have been taken off the off the, the shop floor because the game just wasn't relevant anymore and they just dumped it somewhere. Because normally they wouldn't take a, a cabinet off. You know, they wouldn't take a, a game out of it unless it was broken. So usually one that's still in a cab, it's probably still working. That's a good thing to look out for. Mm. That's just a few hints about you know going on raids. I've done these things a few times. I've sort of gone back and thought, oh, we should have taken some, you know, a change of clothes because you get filthy because things are just covered in dust and muck. It might be in a place that's been raining and there's water and junk everywhere and mud and. Ugh. I've been to some really minging places, so uh, yeah. you know, and overall, because I work, you know, I, I should wear overalls. Work, I don't, I don't actually do it, but I have got overalls. I just take them with me. And it's good idea just to put some overalls on so you don't get filth. Yeah, because uh, one time we went to Aberdeen. We had to get on a plane. And you don't want to get on a plane filthy, do you? That'd be awful. Mm. Oh, that's the what was the ne- what was the guy's name? That was Peter Davis. The Peter Davis collection we sorted out. Yeah. Mm. That was a lot of fun doing that, um, and it was really nice to meet his son and his wife. Uh, but yeah, that that was quite a dirty one because it was um, it had been raining a lot and it got through the the building that things were in and you know we was climbing over old bits of construction gear and all sorts of stuff that was just stored in there with the cabs. So yeah, we were doing a bit of climbing. When you go on these raids as well, be be prepared to do a bit of climbing on cabs. But be mm. very careful you don't put your foot through anything. I've seen that before. I've seen crunch, smash. Oh, oops! And if you oops. do that sort of thing, be prepared to f- to pay for it because you've broken something as well. So be very yeah. careful. Don't fall through something either. It's very good that. Best games by year. Now this is uh, one of our favourite things we do segment, and we nicked this from RGDS. They were doing this a little while back with all sorts of games, computer games, console games, and arcades. We're just doing arcades, of course. Yes. And we are on 1980. Yes. God damn, this was a good year, wasn't it? It was. It was such a good year. year. And also a fantastic year for Atari, who were on top of their game in 1980. You missed a few out on the list. I have amended it for you. Right, I'll go through my list and go through your list. I'll I'll, I'll comment, as I usually Uh, do. 
Okay. Right, these are contenders for what we think is the best game of 1980. Are you ready? I'm ready. We've got five Atari games. First one, Warlords. Oh, yes. Uh, smashy, Warly, Bang Bang. Yeah, kind That's of. That's my perfect description of Warlords. If you haven't played Warlords, go play. It's brilliant. It's great. It's a great four-player game. Tempest. That is one of my favourite Shakespearean plays. The Tempest. Uh, yeah. Creepy Tubes. Creepy Tubes. That's a great name. Missile Command. Commanding them missiles. That is not a candy-ass game. That is a man's military game. Or Oof. women's military game. Yes. The Beautiful Centipede. <laughs> you just wanted to do that, You don't you? need any more than that, do you? We're going to do that every every podcast. Every single opportunity. And the next Atari one, Battle Zone. Pointy armoured vehicles. Mm. Selling ice creams or not. Then you've got, oh, you've put three more. What have yeah. you got here? Asteroids Deluxe was 1980. Uh, preferable Asteroids? Hmm. Nice use of a shield rather than stupid random death button. Hyper death or hyperspace, whatever it's called. Yes, yeah, it's, it's dodgy that hyperspace button. Space Duel was also 1980, which is sort of a follow-up to that as well. Uh, two playing yeah. play awesome colour asteroids, co-op mm. or against each other. Uh, Red Baron by Atari as well. A really nice game to play on an original machine. It's a real fun game. I, I didn't think it was very good. When I played it in America last time I was there, I played it. Really good. Really enjoyed it. But you need nice. the cab, really, for it. Yeah, yeah. Right, so we've got Wizard of War from Midway. A great maze shoot 'em up. I know there were probably more around at the time, but this one stands out to me. I think was there what was what did he Exidy did Targ and Spectar, didn't they? Which were maze shoot 'em ups. Yes. But I think this was the best one at the oh, time, Wizard of War. Easy. That's my kind of dungeon crawler, that is. Great great bassy sound it's really nice. space panic from universal possibly or i think definitely the first platform game before a year before donkey kong yep don't let the out of work punk monsters bite you on your bum smash their heads in with a spade <laughs> rally x from namco great little driving game overhead maze thing really nice Grooviest tunes ever. <laughs> Carry on. New Rally X is a good tune as well. Yes. Something f- called Puck Man from Namco. I've not heard of that, have you? Puck Man? Puck Nose. Who? Yeah. Have I got Pack Disremembrance now? You can't remember Pac Man. Puck, Puck who? <laughs> Disremembrance Disease Strikes Kids. Phoenix from Amstar. Not Bugs. Features. Mm. Well, yeah. Shut I still up. like it. I love I it. I still like it despite all its weird features. I love it. Moon Crester. I love this game from Nichibutsu. I hated that. I loved it as a kid, then hated it, and now I quite like it again. Ten pence mm. effect. Yay! Defender from Williams. I have heard of this game. It's a poor man's Juno first. <laughs> Hate mail yeah, to Mr. S. Holly in Blackburn, please. I do prefer Juno first, but so we're going to get our heads kicked in for that one. Yep. Next one, Carnival. The lovely Carnival from Sega. A great idea for a shoot 'em up. This game mm. was always the most obnoxiously loud game in the arcade. <laughs> Oof, yeah, very loud. 
berserk from Stern. That this is just an incredible May shoot 'em up. I love it. Mm. We have Monaco. We have two overhead races. Both of them I'd love to play again. Monaco GP from Gremlin Sega and Speed Race CL5 mm-hmm. from Taito. It was an up- update of. I wonder how many speed races they did before they got to this one. Not five, surely. Oh, there's a few. There was a old mm. green screen one, old black and white one. Yeah. There was quite a few. It was a really old game, and it was updated a bit for different versions. But Monaco GP nowadays they never work. I can't remember seeing the last working one. They got really weird yeah. hardware, and it's just hard to fix. I think as well. It's TTL, isn't it? So yeah, the, well, there's an FPGA board out now, aren't there? I think there is. Yes, that'd be good. Uh, Speed Race CL5. I used to own one of these, and I wish I still had it. I love that game. It's great. Yeah. Really good little, really simple, just dodging, straight track racing game. It's great. Like Road Fighter. Was it as good as Road Fighter? Way better. <laughs> Road Fighter's awful. <laughs> you put some more here. What Here's some got? of mine here. Uh, Magical Spot was 1980. I've got a Magical Spot, look. Ooh, yuck. Wow. Uh, this is a weird take on Space Invaders. We had a load of fun of this a few years back at Eurocade playing it. We did. I actually have the PCB now in a Cosmic Allen wall mount, which I've popped in my spare... Cosmic Alien wall mount. But mm. that's in storage at the moment. Played it for a while. I love that game. It's great. We need to do that one day. A little, we'll cover that one day. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Radar Scope. Nintendo's flop, which many would convert into Donkey Kong, saving Nintendo's bottom. Back it's a decent day. game, is Radar Scope. Is it really? I, like it. I don't yeah, think I like paid it. much attention to it. It just looks like a very simple shooter. It is. It's, it's sort of a little bit of a perspective on it. It's got a quite a nice feel to it, I think. Well, okay, I'll have to have a look. Uh, Space Zap, really enjoyable Twitch game. Nice cabaret cab of this as well. We played this at Euro, okay, didn't we? Mm. We're both doing really well. It's a really twitchy, fast game. It's fun. Yeah, it's still at Arcade Club. It's Or you can only play one game, then your hands hurt. I wish I'd bought that, because that came for sale really, really cheap, and nobody bought it. I'd never even played it, and Andy scooped it up. for. I think he wanted it just for the black and white mono. But when yeah. people started playing it, he put it on the shop floor and everyone loves it. So yeah. it sort of saved itself, really, by being a good game. <laughs> so my pick for the best of 1980 Ooh, from all that lot, pick. I'm going to go with Berserk. Oh, yes. Just classic. beating Centipede into second place for me. I I really love Berserk. I always have done. I just, yeah, it's one of them timeless ones for me. Well, you were totally wrong, mm-hmm. of course, because I'm going to, oh, actually, I'm going to pick the same as you, Berserk. We've agreed on something. We have. Berserk is brilliant. I played it a lot as a child. Yes. I played it with the bat, the weird bat stick at Barcade in New York a little while ago. And I've recently asked my friend Kevin Savitz from the Atari 8-Bit Podcast, Antic, who's coming over next month. Uh, he's coming to see me and he's going to do some other stuff in London. And I've asked him to buy me a Berserk FPGA board. And I'm obviously going to pay him the money for it. He's going to bring it over for me. And that's going in a cab. I'm going to have a dedicated little Berserk cab. It has Frenzy with it as well. It does have. It's got the two versions of Berserk, Fast Bullets and Slow Bullets. Yeah. And also Frenzy. So, yeah, I'm really going to get into that. I'm going to put a new monitor in that little cab of mine and play Berserk in there. Get some uh, graphics made up by Ollie Muddy Music and have a little dedicated Berserk. That's how much I like Berserk. And also, in second place, just missed berserk by 0.01 of a point phoenix phoenix i have a phoenix dedicated taito trimline cab never getting rid of it love it and that same cab can play pleiads as well it's quite nice yeah i like pleiads i like pleiads as well it's good 
So yeah, really close one there, but Berserk just beats it. I played both of those as a kid a lot in arcades. Mm. Flyer quiz. Right, sir, are you ready for this? Where is my flyer quiz? Where did I put it? There it is. I have it on a bit of paper so you can't see it in the notes. Right, all these games, Sean, are from 1982. Right. Here we go. Okay. Here we go, here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I nearly write, read out the title then, because it's at the top it's of my book. Right, the blank picks up coconuts to capture territory. While avoiding the attacks of the blanks, when the blanks close in, push the jump button, make them leap, and the blank passes under. Only three jumps per level. Coconuts. Coconuts, coconuts. Like Congo Bongo, is it? Or <coughs> Coconuts. Leap. What type of game is it? Platform? Mm, no. That's all the hints you're getting, son. Uh, I don't know. Don't know. Next one, no. then we'll go back to that. Blank is news. It is a spectacular new game to play, as well as being a spectacular rescue for converting Galaxians. Players trap dangerous killer blanks. The precise trackball control is used to manoeuvre through the honeycomb, pushing gates to create six-sided traps. Is that Beezer? Whoa! Got one. That was tough, that. Next one. Paratroopers are sighted falling into dangerous waters. Attack blanks, hover above while enemy ships, subs and sharks threaten below. Help arrives. A blank blank skips into enemy territories to save a specified number of men and women. Is it rescue? Whoa! Two I like this three. Business. I like it. Next one is, find the location of enemies on the radar and advance carefully picking up the keys one key at a time and opening the doors with them. Bonus points for picking up keys and treasures scattered in the maze. Speed of enemies varies to each other, so be careful when you attack them with laser beam. You can beat enemies using flash bomber when you are desperately in danger. Oh, we've done this. What is it? What is it? Maybe. Tootin- calm. Whoa. Three out of four. Last one. Taito's new blank blank has the animal magnetism that no player can resist. And it's no wonder. Players find out right off that it's a blank in there. And the animals are eating their way out. Zookeeper. Whoa, I did well there, didn't I? You did four out of five. We'll go back to the first one right now. The blank picks up coconuts to capture territory. While avoiding the attacks of blanks. When the blanks close in, push the jump button to make them leap. And the blank passes under. Only three jumps per level. No, I don't get that. It's a bit misleading, actually, because that is Amadar. Amadar? You don't collect coconuts at all, but it says so on the the flyer. Oh, that don't count, that one. Yes, it does. Four out of five. Well done, sir. Yeah, I did. I surprised myself. (laughs) Did that? I'm surprised you got Beezer. Yeah. But we haven't even... We've not played Beezer. The cab looks beautiful. Because it was uh, a conversion for Galaxian. And in the flyer, they've got a guy with all the stuff under his arm going towards a Galaxian. And then when he's done it, it's got full artwork with his big bees on. We'll have to try the game out. It looks quite fun. Yeah. But you need a trackball, so we have to play it with trackball or mouse or whatever. One for the list, yeah. Yeah, cool. Nice one. Featured game review. It's the big one, Sean. It Here has to be go. done 
We have to cover this. It's a classic game. This is the godlike Donkey Kong Jr. Don't you mean dadlike? You have got a point there. Yes. Follow up to the huge smash hit Donkey Kong. Designed by the uber godlike Shigeru Miyamoto. You may have heard of this geezer. Yes. And also one of his co workers. Yeah, cheers, Wiki. How accurate. They might as well just says another dude. Miyamoto and some blokes and women. Yeah. Or, and a dog, maybe. I don't know. The graphics were Yoshio Sakamoto, also famous for being a key member of the Metroid developers. Uh, he was hired in 1982 for pixel work on the Nintendo Game & Watch of Donkey Kong. He later went on to design Wrecking Crew, Gumshoe, and Balloon Fight for Nintendo. Two very famous people so far. The sound was done by Nintendo sound engineer Yukio Kanioka, who also did Donkey Kong sound and went on to do sound and music for a list of Nintendo games as long as a very long arm. Maybe a Gibbons arm. That's quite They're a very long, aren't they? So, a dream team before anyone even realised how brilliant these guys were. Went on to do so many games. And I believe still with Nintendo. Slightly enhanced Donkey Kong hardware. Z80 based hardware with a dedicated 8035 MPU for the sound. Has a four-way joystick and one button to jump. Donkey Kong Jr. is a vertically orientated game. You play Donkey Kong Jr., a young gorilla in a white romper suit with a J on the front of it. He's a cute, flappy-lipped fellow who is quite <laughs> agile among the vines and chains. You have to battle through four separate screens to free your dad, Donkey Kong. Mario has captured and imprisoned Donkey Kong, probably for nicking the lady or Pauline in the original game. Naughty mm. monkey. You can walk and jump on platforms, climb and ascend vines and chains, as well as, fa- as transfer yourself horizontally across them. The way Jr. climbs is... Faster upwards when holding onto two vines with both hands spread across both, and descending faster when you're only holding onto one of the vines with one hand. It's actually a nice game mechanic. Don't you I think? think that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's quite. So you go different. up faster with two hands and down quicker with one hand. Mm. So if you, if you know that, you can move around pretty quick when you get used to it. I, I do that when I'm climbing ropes. Do you do that? Absolutely. Mm. This know-how is essential for not getting nobbled and losing lives. Naughty Mario is always at the top of the screen, unleashing snap jaws, kind of like living gin traps, and nitpickers, which are purple birds. Hate beaks. Hate Hate beaks. I hate them beaks. And electrical sparks. Uh, Contact with any of these enemies or falling off a vine above your own height, like in Donkey Kong, or falling in the drink will kill you. The birds on the bird levels can even hit you with a well-pooped egg. Yeah. Accurate pooped eggs. How embarrassing having an egg on your face. Jump over any of the baddies for points or drop fruit that hangs in certain places to destroy them. Although, after level four, any destroyed enemies spring back to life again. The red ones, the blue ones just go away anyway, but the red ones come back. Mm. The levels do not appear in number order like regular Donkey Kong on the US board sets. The Japanese versions follow the, both follow the correct order. I'm still not sure why they did that for the American market. But that's yeah, the ones we always played. Even in the UK, I think we got that as well. It's a long time before you actually see all the screens, isn't it? Yeah, it goes like one... Keeps you playing. One, two, one, three, one... Oh, I don't know, but it, you eventually get them. And then and then it goes one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, until the end of the game, level 22, when it kills screens. Mm. So it does eventually get there, but it just takes a while. Screen one. I, call it, I think this is called the jungle scene. I call it the vines. There's a nice musical start tune and an animated scene of two Marios. Do you notice that? Yeah, it could be either Wario or Luigi, couldn't it? I think it's before their time. I think it's distant cousin Barry O. Barry O. 
Yeah, Barry probably Oak, is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they, they cart Junior's dad off in a cage, and it says, Get key from Mario. Save your papa. This must be where Mario first got his name from, because he was just known as Jumpman in the original game, wasn't he? He wasn't known as Mario. Yeah. You are presented with platforms and vines with some small green islands at the bottom with water in between. This monkey cannot swim, so do not fall in. Climb vines, avoid enemies, while dropping fruit on them whenever you can. Get from the left-hand side of the screen, up and to the right, and then back over to the left, and grab the key where Mario's holding Papa Ape. When you get to the key, Mario nicks off with your dad. Just disappears. Pushes him off after he goes. Screen 2. This necessarily isn't screen 2 when you play it, but the birds... You start again in the bottom left-hand corner. You can either bounce on the springy thing, borrowed from the deadly springs on Donkey Kong, to get onto the moving vines, or walk and jump across to the right to traverse the moving vines. You have to press the jump button at precisely the right point where you land on the spring to give you a massive lift onto the overhead moving platform. I got fed up of trying to make this work about once out of every ten times I could make it work. The first time you do it, it's quite easy, but after that, it gets quite difficult. There is actually a bug in the game. Which makes it, it's something to do, I didn't quite understand it when I read about it, something to do with it, it checks it seven times when you jump, and if you miss that particular millisecond, you won't do the big jump. But in Donkey Kong Jr. Remix, the version on that has been fixed. You've repaired a few right. bit of bugs on that, so yeah, it's a bit different. Uh, but you can always just go around the long way, but a lot of people actually go back on the board and do it again and again until they actually do it. I just find mm. it easier just to go to the right, just jump on the little moving platform, up the vines, and just go across that way. It's no problem. Right. Be careful not to jump too early, otherwise you'll smack your napper and drop to your death. It's very easy to kill yourself on that springboard. Mm. I find strumming the jump button track and field style usually gives you the lift you need. After the first time on the screen, the jump is more difficult to pull off. And also, the moving platform the second time around only moves a little tiny way. It doesn't go as far, so it's, it's harder to land on it. Right. Things change very subtly the second time you do it and then onwards. So if, uh, you've, not got, so if you've not got too many loops around it, you wouldn't notice that, but it does get harder. And just slight little differences make it much harder. Grab the two vines and climb up to where the fleet of birds are flying by at different levels. Hate Beak Central. Oh. Drop the fruits on them as they go by. Go to the end of the vines, and when you can, get on the last one and drop down, down, low, down. When the high bird flies by, they go at different levels... Go up and go across the last two vines. You then have to hop the gap and a bird at the same time. Jump over the birds, kill the woman with the fruit, jump over the birds, and then get to the key at the end. I was I was watching... I can't do this. I haven't done this level. Really? I, yeah, I was watching Alex do it when he was, do, he was playing... I think he did a live Twitch thing, but I watched that on YouTube. And I know what you mean. You've you, you got to sort of get right... You, Go along the top, and then you scoot down, and then along the bottom, yeah. don't you, of the vines, yeah. The birds go on a pattern, and you can usually work out what the pattern is. When they right. start at the top, they're fixed to a pattern. They won't change it. So if they, if the AI sees you, it won't go for you. The birds will stay in the same pattern. And you know when one goes a certain area, you know the next one is going to be a high one. So you can just right. go up and scoot across. It is When you get used to the game, you will work it out, and it's quite easy to do. And on the second time round... You know, I said there's subtle differences with the springboard and the moving bit at the bottom. The yeah. birds are different. They're faster. And there is, a, after the sixth bird, there's a gap. So when you're hanging on that last vine and all the birds are going rust really quickly, you wait for the gap, you drop down, and do not jump across. If you jump across, 
go left and jump, you'll land on a bird. Yeah. What you got to do is move a little, walk a little way, jump straight up to do a bird, move a little way again, jump, do a bird, and do it like that. So it's move, jump up, move, jump up. If you jump right. to the side, you will land on a bird because there are smaller spacings in the original first level. Right, I put endless lives on, and I did do it then. Oh, you cheating get! About the twentieth attempt, I did it, really? but I didn't do it in normal. Did you not play, watch my no. video I put up? Yeah, I did, and I still couldn't get it because <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter couldn't do the certain level. So I popped up a quick video. I just put the video camera on a, a tripod in front of me and sort of straddled my way around it and just played a game. And I got mm. as far as the hideout, which is like the first time you go to the hideout. It goes through a load of levels, just so you can see every single level. And I showed yeah. everyone how to do it. And it, to me, it's just one of the, I just know how to do it. And I do it, it's just ingrained in me because I've been playing it for so long and I can do it easily. But if you don't know, it's quite difficult doing things in exact ways and knowing the nuances and when things are going to hit you and stuff. So, yeah, still quite difficult. So, when you've done uh, screen three, sorry, screen two, screen three is normally the hideout. And that sort of comes later on in the US ROM set. But the hideout. Before this screen, you get a lovely little intro screen where a helicopter flies by with uh, Kong Jr. The helicopter flies by with the cage with Donkey Kong in it. And then you flop by in a little a little sort of flying umbrella. Yeah. Donkey Kong, it's really cute. And it says, keep going to Mario's hideout. Be careful. On this level, there's four horizontal levels with Mario and your monkey dad on the top. I always thought this was an ice level or something. It looks like ice to me. It's just sort of like pink and white and blue. It does look like a cold level, if you know what I mean. Mm, freezing. It does, yeah. But it isn't. It's, it's just sort of his hideout. There are vines either side of the screen allowing you to climb the levels. Mario has a lever at the top. And when he pulls it, blue sparks fly out and travel along the levels. There are also a few yellow and orange electric baddies travelling around the platforms. They go round and round the platforms. You can, of course, take out the different electrical foes with some nicely scattered fruit. To do this level properly, you have to do it in a certain way that you absolutely have to kill off the third highest yellow spark. If you don't, you will find it incredibly hard to even do the level, let alone do the point pressing, for another ten to 15,000 points. This is the point pressing level, similar mm. to Donkey Kong when you're jumping up and down on his foot on the rivet level. Note, you can always get away by killing that higher orange baddie by killing it with the highest fruit, but it's difficult to get this right as you have a multitude of blue baddies coming at you while you're trying to drop the fruit on the enemy. My video shows exactly how to do this level, but I'll try and explain here. You can kill the blue sparks by dropping fruit on top of them, but you can kill the orange and red baddies by hitting the fruit when they are over the fruit at the same time with your head. So as you hit it with Mm. your head and they're directly above you, they'll get killed off and you won't hit them with your head. Right. You need to know when to go, when to avoid, what to jump, and when to kill off the various foes. But, importantly, the third highest yellow spark. When you get to the third highest platform, you walk in between the spark columns on the left-hand side and keep jumping over the many sparks come towards you. Keep doing this until you have approximately a 1,000 left on the timer. It will start making panic noises, alerting you that time is running out. Then get to the top while avoiding nasties and grab that key at the end. But, in my video, I stay between... The two left-hand spark ladders. Yeah. What I found out recently, thank you to Alex, show me this. I did know about this, and he does it. He stands on the very left of that platform. Just as you get off the vines, you yeah. drop down, stays there. So you get the very end blue spark as it comes down. Because normally you miss it. If it goes behind you, you miss it. But if you stand on the left of it, you get every single spark that goes past you. And if you're a seasoned player, 
and I've tried this a few times, just managed to do it a little bit. There's a way where you stand in the middle of those two, and when one goes above you, you jump back. Because it's the same as Donkey Kong. If you jump over something, it's not you're not actually jumping it, you're jumping next to it, and you're moving left or right. It sort of expand, expands your envelope where you are, and you get points for jumping something, even though you haven't jumped over it. You should jump yeah. near it. So you get that, and then when the other sparks underneath you, you get every single one, every single time. You get multiple points for it. So it's quite a good way of point scabbing, but you've got to be really accurate the way you do it. I've done it a few times, and I can't do it every time when I lose life, so I don't bother doing it just yet. Right. But if you if you look at some of the videos I've popped up on the, the website, there's some expert players getting kill screens, like the last like, 18 minutes of a kill screen. He does it on there. Have a look. It's brilliant. It's really good. So screen four, the final screen that frees Papa, chains. Daddy Kong is at the top of the screen, shackled in six places by the chains and locks. The keys for these locks are the bottom of six out of eight chains dangling straight down the screen. Junior must push the keys up on the chains and click them into place in the top level where the locks are. When all six are in place, Kong Senior is released. Release the Kong! <laughs> Trying to stop your rescue plan are red jerky snapjaws and pipel boids. Pipel hate beaks. <laughs> The red snappers climb up and down the chains almost randomly while the birds fly left to right and down the screen. Avoid both at all costs. These are fruits again to drop on the baddies. Only two of them this time. Or multiple baddies if you are lucky stroke accurate. On the first three level, first three versions of this game, because as you do the chains, that's a level complete. Okay, yeah. So it goes on to level two, which is harder. When you get to level four, that's the hardest. Just like Donkey Kong, it doesn't get any harder. It's the hardest. Before you get there, on this level here, it's quite simple to do it. And you don't need to do... How do I explain this? You don't need to do uh, like evasive action. You can just go up and do the first one, do the second lot, do the third, and just do it that way. It's very simple. And when you hit a red snapjaw with a fruit, it kills it. Because I think you get five on the screen. And if you manage mm. to kill five of them... You won't get any red snapjaws at all. They won't come back for the first three lots of this level. But on level four, they pop straight back again. They come back to life. They respawn. So there's always going to be five on the screen. Always. But the first few few occasions of this screen, you can kill them off. So it's quite good to get two or three on one vine with a, with a fruit at a time. It makes your life a lot easier. But sometimes mm. it's not possible to do it. It just depends where they, where they flop down on the, on the chains. It's good to get as many as you can of them. Uh, when Pop is freed, the cage and chains all disappear straight away, so nothing can kill you after that happens, and Papa Chimp falls. But don't worry, Tiny Monkey catches him with a big grin. Kong and Son nip off screen to the right, Mario also falls and takes chase, but from off screen he gets a big kick in the ass from Big Kong. But a massive foot comes up the side of the right hand side of the screen, he nips off. That'll learn him. That's a good bit, though, I like that. It's quite satisfying, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So there's lots of loads of tips, secrets, nuances, rules, just like Donkey Kong. Oh, I believe it's actually a bit of controversy here. A company called Ikigami programmed Donkey Kong for Nintendo in 1980-81, whenever it was released. And it was reported that Nintendo used their code and modified it to make this game. Legally, I wouldn't like to say what happened, but apparently... Nintendo settled 10 years later for an undisclosed sum to Ikigami. Right. So you, you know that this code is very similar to Donkey Kong. So a lot of things that happen in Donkey Kong also happen in Junior. 
as I said earlier, with the uh, when you jump over stuff, you've got that extra envelope when you go left or right when you jump over something. Yeah. So the secrets are: you can climb up fast with both hands on vines or chains. We just talked about whiz down vines or chains fast while only holding one of the ropes. Uh, jump near a baddie and press left or right in midair to get the points for jumping them. Same glitch in Donkey Kong. Uh, point press on top right of first screen, jumping the red snapper going up and down the vine and the blue ones that come across too. So on the first jungle level, when you go to the very top of the screen and you've got the red one going up and down and the blue ones fly past, you can stand yeah. there and point press, keep jumping over them loads of times. Because the red right. one comes up and down and when the blue one comes together, you get two lots of points for jumping too. So you get 300 points rather than 100. And you can keep doing that until the timer goes all the way down. But I don't tend to do it. Because point scabbing on that level is for advanced players, and I'm not an advanced player at this game. So I just right. get off and get the bonus. But you can get more points for that than the bonus allows. So you can right. point scab yeah. there. Point pressing on the hideout we sort of touched on. Top uh, right platform before the top on the on the left. You just keep jumping over them at all. You get about 600 on the timer. Um, and then you can make it. But I usually go on 1,000. Yeah, the timer still has time after after zero. Just like on Donkey Kong, you can do a few more jumps, and as long as you're in the air when the time actually runs out, if you're jumping for the last platform, you can't get killed. You right. can't you can't die right. when you're in mid air. If you landed and didn't land on that last bit where you get the key, you would die. But if you get the key, you're, you're fine. Pump the jump button after jumping onto the spring to try and get a high jump onto the moving platform. And if you can't do it, just go the long way. It's not that difficult. And it is less frustrating than dealing with the platform, I think. Yep, there is a bug in that. It is official. Mm. On chain level three and onwards, uh, push up the first key just past the fruit and immediately slide back down, walk across the floor to the very right-hand side and then push the right-hand one uh, and then go back and do the two sets of two and then the left and then the last do the right one. If you leave the last one at the bottom, there are too many birds because the birds on the second way round of the chains will actually go further than the very bottom, so you cannot walk on the bottom because the bird will get you. Yeah, on I the first that. level I, they don't I go that low. Cheating through it. Yeah, they do change just slightly to mess you up. And when there's loads of birds going around, it's very difficult to get that right-hand bottom lock back up because there's so many birds going past. It's best to get it halfway up to start with. It makes your mm. your job a lot easier to do that, but only when it gets fast and gets harder. After level four, anything you destroy immediately comes back to life with the red the red snappers. The spring is harder after level four as well. The platform, well, actually, after level two, it does that. The platform only moves very slightly backwards and forwards, making jumps more difficult. The birds are faster at the top two, and there's more of them. And I think the gap is the same. Because they're moving faster, you can't jump over them. You will land on one if you try and jump over. So you have to wait for that gap and just do the jumping upwards, moving, jumping upwards. Also, on the second way round of the birds... When you drop the fruit, you can actually hit two birds with it. On the first occasion, you can only hit one bird because they're so slow. But when there's two, you can hit two birds with it. Right. Which is quite good. The second hideout on there on, the yellow spark you must take out, is moving at a faster pace than the first occasion. So instead of waiting under it and hitting it with your head, you've got to walk past it and then jump backwards. And you can get exact timing to hit it because it's going back a lot quicker. It travels yeah. around quicker, which is a very slight change from the first occasion there's very slight changes to the game which makes it more difficult it's quite clever how they did that Mm. also there is an infinite lives bug don't you know I didn't really know about this until I sort of looked into it but I sort of understood there was something you could do I never did it you have to start a two player game okay the first player must stand at the right hand corner of the first platform he stands on 
in the first level. When a trap comes down the vine, the player must jump and hit the water and the trap at the same time. Oh, this God. triggers a bug and gives both players an extra life. The second player plays normally. When it's the first player's turn again, do the jump glitch and continue to get extra lives. But there is another one, which I've linked to on our webpage, and it shows glitches. When you do this, you get 255 lives on the first player only. But you both have to get over 10,000 to get an extra life to start with and kill off each player, and you end up with 255 lives. But weird things happen in the game. Odd stuff happens. It's quite interesting. You see birds flying upside down, bits are drawn wrongly... Uh, I think right. if you don't jump when you first start every single level, or you try and go left or right, it crashes the game. So there's loads of weird stuff goes on with it. Um, also, the Donkey Kong forum also covers Donkey Kong Jr. So go to the forum and have a look there. I'll put some links on the show notes. Uh, I've also got written here, Donkey Kong Remix Nuances. Nuance? Right. I thought... Uh, Alex, firstly, thought there was a problem with his... He was given a Donkey Kong Jr. Remix... PCB from someone from America. One, I think Whitney brought it over for him. He gave it to Alex. He knows he's a big Nintendo uh, follower. So he had it in his cab, and I said, oh, have you not got it anyway? He said, no, no, it's there's a problem with the original game. Because on Donkey Kong Remix, Junior Remix, when you play the game, if you press left at the start, you play the original game, and if you press right, there's a little sort of bit that shows you Remix and Original. And if you press right, you can play the original game. But the original game has been enhanced and bug-fixed so when I was playing that, there are subtle differences to the game. And I noticed a few. Uh, when, you, when you're when you on the hideout, for instance, and you do the timing, it doesn't quite work out properly. And also, right. when you try and get the yellow spark, the third one, to get the blue spark is in the wrong position. It's slower so or faster, I can't remember. So it, it interferes with you getting the yellow spark. So that is wrong. It just... You know when you play a game so many times, you do a pattern over and over again, you know exactly, and then when something weird happens, you realise straight away there's something wrong here. That yeah. was one of the things. On the, I think the birds level is a bit different as well. And on the jumping level on the springboard, he's fixed the springboard. So when you do it, you, you can jump on it and do the big jump nearly every single time really easily. But when you right. land on the, the moving platform, you turn and jump on the vine straight away, he misses the vine. You have to wait for it to move and then jump across to it and then it works. But you miss the flipping vine. And I noticed these things straight away. And I got in contact with a guy who who does the Donkey Kong Jr. remix kit. So I bought a Donkey Kong normal remix kit from him ages ago. And I got in contact with him on Facebook. And he's really, really helpful, this guy. He's brilliant. And I'm in contact with him and I told him all about it. And he said, well, what you can do, and Alex didn't realise either because he didn't have any instructions with it, if you hold the jump button down for a few seconds on the, the title page it flips to the original game. And you're actually yeah. playing the original game on the original ROMs on your PCB. So everything is totally original. It's not using the Donkey Kong Remix kit at all. The only bit it uses is the save, the save games, so it saves your scores. But he does it in such a way where he doesn't modify the original code. And when I did this, I said to him, oh, that works, thanks for telling me that, but it's playing the Japanese ROM set, one, two, three, four. And I'm so used to using... The US ROM set, because the level difficulty is slightly different in the Japanese ROM set. Until it gets to a certain yeah. level, then it's exactly the same. And he said, oh, you're using, you've are using, you got a Japanese ROM set. I said, no, I haven't. You know, I, I was recently playing it, and it plays a US ROM set. And he said, have you got a, a save kit on it? And I said, yeah, I have. And apparently, the original save kit, which was done by someone else, 
plays modified ROMs on the save kit. It doesn't use the ROMs on the PCB. It bypasses them. And that's right. why I was always playing US ROMs. So he, he worked out. This guy knows a lot about the programming of these two games. So he knew everything. And he, taught, he sorted me out. He was really polite and helpful. Absolutely brilliant. And in the end, I realized my PCB has got Japanese ROM set on it. But because I've had that high score kit on it for so many years, I've never noticed it. I never had it wow. off. I've always had the kit on, so I've always played the US ROM set. But it's a modified version. And he reckons if you're going for a world record and you use the Remix kit, it is viable because you're not using any modified code when you play yeah. the original. I have to tell Alex this and see if he wants it back. Because I think once he knows it's, he can play the original game as well as Remix and the, ori- and the original game, which has been enhanced with bug fixes, which is slightly different but still good, yeah. basically got three games on the same board. Mm. So yeah, really good. So if Alex does want his kit back, or I'll try and sort of swap it with him for something, or, or buy it off him, I, I'm going to get a remix kit anyway. I'm going to buy one if I have to, but I want to keep Alex's if he doesn't want it. I don't know, but I'm definitely going to get one for it because it's a real fun. The, the remix game is crazy. It's mad. <laughs> I think it's mad as it's as mad as a fish. Honestly, it's really cool. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So thank you to him for helping me out with that. It's really nice to get in contact with the guy who actually did it. So the graphics and sound on this game are excellent. I love everything about this game. I rate they, about they are, it. They are good. Yeah, good graphics and sound. Miyamoto style. You can't mm. argue with it, can you? He was, he was <laughs> primarily an artist and then a designer of games and obviously still is to this day. Um, sounds are excellent. They get in your head. That... And I love the intro with two Marys, Kip Donkey on. I love that. It's just really fun. In an, in an old game, you never really got those transitional periods in games. Pac-Man mm. did it really nicely, but not many others. Yeah, little cutscenes. And it was delightful when I first got to the hideout many years ago and saw the helicopter and Junior flying by on an umbrella. I've told this story quite a few times on the podcast. I'll just tell it one more time because it is relevant now. When Alex first got into Nintendo in a big way, this is like seven years ago, he bought a Donkey Kong Jr. machine from abroad. I think it came from the US. Um, he was having his games room built at the time. It wasn't quite built in his old house. So he said to me, because I've got a big front room, can you look after it for me? Yeah, sure, no problem. Donkey Kong Jr. in my front room, why not? So I looked after it for him, and he'd come round after work every now and again. Can I come round? Yeah, come on, come on. And we used to play it for a few hours. And we were rubbish at it at the time. Like, a lot of our players who were not used to it weren't doing very well. But we kept mm. at it, and we kept learning, and we kept beating each other. And one time, I went on holiday, and when I come back, he come round again. I said, I've beaten that score, and I showed him. And he was like, oh, you... And he was, and we just kept beating each other. And now, he's actually a better player than me by quite a bit. I think he, he plays it more than Donkey Kong. And I'm better at Donkey Kong than him, which is odd because it's the original game he had. Yeah. So we really enjoyed playing it together. And then when he took the game away, when he actually got his, his room built, not too long afterwards, an opportunity came up for me to buy one. And I bought one. I did a full restore on it. And I had it for years and years. And I sold it only a few months ago because I wasn't playing it. But I'm still playing it on the little ISIS cab. So I'm still playing original hardware. I still really enjoy it. And I think the artwork and overall game is probably better than Donkey Kong, in my opinion. The artwork's lovely, isn't it? it the is side really, art, the bezel, everything's I really, really prefer nice. it than the original Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong's good, don't get me wrong, but I prefer the artwork and the cab in turn, because normally, normally, Donkey Kong comes in a light blue or a red cabinet with the artwork on. Mm. You can see him in orange, but Donkey Kong Jr. originally came in orange. 
Um, but you can get another colour as well. It just depends what who's done the cab up, really. But my one was an original orange one, and it came in uh, plywood with a really smooth finish on the side, like a sort of melamine. Or one that mm. I had was called an orange peel. It was made out of chipboard. And it sort of felt a bit of a texture on it. Yeah. And we got a little picture. Well, I think we put a picture on the website as well. It's an orange cab. It's got really nice, really cheesy, cheesy grinning Kong on the on the sides on the side art with Kong looking all angry, Junior grabbing keys and marrying some birds flying around, and everything is really colourful in the front of it. The, the marquee has got like Mario being knocked over and Kong and Junior sort of smiling at him, with Don Kong Junior with a little star in the O in Junior. Yeah, and then you've got all vines and stuff around the bezel with him climbing up and some snap jaws trying to get you, and it's even got a little sticker on it t- telling you the moves. And then there's sort of the control panel. It's got a, another sort of instruction stick on the left hand side. A weird little little joystick on there. It's only got like a thirty mil, twenty five mil or thirty mil ball top and a really weird little floppy joystick, but it works really nicely. Yes, I was going to say that because it doesn't I, I feel right, it. does it? But it 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 works really nicely. I was playing it at arcade club last night, and where I didn't, I I didn't like this game for two weeks. I just could not get on with it. Playing it on proper hardware on a proper cab, I started thinking actually, it's I'm getting quite into it. So I've been playing it more today. I'm glad after of that. Not, after not liking it for two weeks, you were moaning. I did troll you a little bit about it, didn't I? Yeah, I, I actually I quite like it now. There's something to it. Yeah. But it is, I find it, because I don't know the ins and outs, I find it incredibly hard. Really, really hard. I only find it hard on level three and above. Anything before right. that, I can get there without losing a life. Every single... Well, 80% of the time, I can get there without up to about 70,000 points to the hideout without losing a life. Now, when it starts changing, it's difficult. Playing it on the proper hardware, like with that little stick and the Nintendo's and funny sticky-up buttons that they have... Nintendo uh, buttons are a smaller diameter it fits into, and they have a higher plunger. Yeah, it's, it's a leaf-style button with a levered micro-switch underneath, so it's a very soft-touch button. And I love yeah, that's what style all my arcade cabinets have got on, because I love the buttons so much. I use leaf buttons with micro-switches underneath, because mm. it's, it's a softer touch to it, and you can hit them faster, I think. Yeah, really nice cabinet as well. Really distinctive Nintendo cabinets. And where... It's got a smoked bezel on the front, and the, the, the monitor sort of lays back at an angle inside. It's all dark inside with a sort of uh, a black cardboard layout around it. When you turn the cabinet on, you've got dark light behind you, like a blue light or whatever. It looks like the monitor's floating inside the cabinet, just like it's yeah. holding in there. It looks really nice in those cabinets. I always like Donkey Kong cabinets. They're lovely. Is that T-moulding on this picture? Is that original white T-moulding? Yeah, it's always white on, on Donkey Is Kong. Is it? Donkey Kong, yeah. Popeye... Uh, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Radar Scope, Sky Skipper, all had white T-moulding. It's really, mm. And it's, it's a smaller size. It's like 9 sixteenths of an inch. It's a weird size. Normal cabinets were three-quarter. Because the Japanese, they were Japanese-made, a lot of them, the Japanese used metric, whereas yeah. obviously America and back in the UK years and years ago we used imperial sizes. So they're 9 sixteenths of an inch. <laughs> and it's flat t It's not slightly raised like a normal t It's flat Dead flat mm. original Nintendo team on him. There's a bit of trivia to the game as well. It's, it's got loads to it. Trivia. Trivia. Donkey Kong Jr. has an anti-piracy check, which I did not know about. Pirates. Uh, apparently, if you if you change any of the code and reburn the ROMs, 
It does a check routine before boot to see if anything in the code has been modified. And if it finds anything wrong with the checksum, the first snap jaw will turn orange rather than red. The mm-hmm. topmost snap jaw's Y position will go crazy until it eventually lands on a third platform in the water. Blue snap jaws will start falling through the floor. Uh, anytime Donkey Kong Jr. jumps, the game acts as if he jumped over an enemy, so you get points. And more importantly, Junior won't be able to climb vines, making a game impossible to play. You just can't climb anything. You won't won't land on a vine. Really? So I've never seen that happen. I've never seen uh, Donkey Kong Junior. working with dodgy ROMs. So I've never seen this happen. But it would be quite interesting to see. If you you'd probably do it in MAME, actually. If you could sort of edit one of the EPROMs and put it back in the zip file and run it in MAME, it probably will do that. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, worth, worth looking at. Uh, is that there is a light bulb graphic held in the graphics code? It was intended to be used in the hideout, but they never did. Where the fruits are, so instead of having fruits in the hideout, you'd have had light bulbs. Yeah, I found yeah. this on the cutting room floor website, which is really interesting stuff. Yeah, good site that. Uh, U.S. and Japanese versions, as we said earlier, are slightly different. As well as a level ordering, just like Donkey Kong, the title screens in high school tables are different. So the U.S. one has got Donkey Kong Junior with blue wor- blue Donkey Kong, and then Junior in orange with Junior hanging off the O on a little vine. The Japanese version has got Donkey Kong in pink and JR rather than Junior, with Kong hanging off the J of the JR. Yep. And then the American version, you can only put three three letters in your high score save. It doesn't save the scores when you turn the machine off. It saves it for the day. And you've only, you can only put three letters in. And the second one is MIY. I presume it's Miyamoto. And the scoring on the high score tables is a lot lower on the US version. The top score is 76.50, whereas on the Japanese version, it's 11,800. And the Japanese version, you can put in, you can put 11 characters in on the Japanese version. I presume because Japanese people have longer surnames, but they don't Mm. preview them. I don't know. I don't know why. There's that number again, 76.50. That's that number. Yeah, that's the Namco number. So I'm not sure why it was on the Nintendo game. Hmm. Weird. Notable changes uh, from the US to Japanese version, as we've discussed before, it's a level ordering. Same as Donkey Kong. For some reason, it was like 1-4, 1-2-4, 1-3-4, and then 1-2-3-4 onwards. Whereas Japanese version just goes 1-2-3-4 all the time. Mm. not sure why they did that. It's a bit odd why they did that. If anyone knows why, I couldn't actually read why they did it. They just do. Keeps you playing, though, doesn't it? You, you want to see those later levels. So yeah, I get, suppose. Yeah, got to get quite good at it before you can see the hideout level, really. Yeah, but there's a balance where I'm never playing this again, I can't do it, or I'll keep mm. playing until I do it. Yeah. Look, another bit of Donkey Kong family trivia, because obviously Donkey Kong's still relevant nowadays. Did you know that Pauline and Princess Peach are totally different characters? I do now. Good. I always thought they were the same person. But in Super Mario Odyssey, the new game on the Switch, which I really love, you meet up with Pauline, who now has brown hair rather than blonde hair, and is the mayor of New Donk City. And there's one bit of the game where you've got to find her purse, umbrella, and bag as one of the tasks in the game. She, she gives you, I think she gives you one of the moons for it, which you've got the things you've got to collect. But you have to go around and find her, her things she's left. She left on the original Donkey Kong game. So right. good. So good, that game. Also, Pauline is from Donkey Kong, and Peach is actually from Super Mario World. Nothing to do with Donkey Kong. Right. Totally different people. So, ports, sequels, and legacies of this game. Obviously, Donkey Kong 3 came next in the arcade, but it's a totally different game to any of the Donkey Kong games. It's not even a platformer, it's a shooter. There are platforms Mm. in it, but it's mainly a shooter. 
A bit like Gallagher, actually. It's yeah. my favourite in the trilogy, really, but even that is yeah. not brilliant, I don't think. It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's a fun game when you get into it. And mm. it's really cute. It's such a cute shooter. It's got Kong in it. Kong is like the protagonist. But the ant- sorry, the antagonist, the protagonist is not Jumpman or Mario. It's Stanley, the bug hunter. Mm. So, yeah, that's pretty good. As I said earlier, Donkey Kong Jr. Remix is a modern game that expertly expands on giving new levels, bonus levels, and quite a different level design as well as the original ones. And it says here, I need to buy it. Obviously, I'm going to. As soon as I get an opportunity, I'm going to get it. You can get a Donkey Kong Jr. board modified into a double Donkey Kong by Mike's Arcade, I believe. Um, Because what they do is they, they do some jiggery pokery on it and they add wire wraps and all sorts of different things they actually modify the board quite a lot to play donkey kong and donkey kong jr on there yeah but because you use a donkey kong jr hardware which is slightly enhanced hardware the sound apparently isn't quite right on donkey kong i think one of the jumping noises it makes slightly different noise because it's got very slightly different sound hardware but you've got mm. to actually send your board to mike's arcade in america pay quite a lot of money more than another board, and then have it shipped back again. So it's really not worth us doing it. Right. Yeah. I, I've got I've got boards of both anyway, but I'd really like to see a a Donkey Kong Remix style PCB because it's only a little sort of two inch square PCB that you put on there, and you just replace the Z80 socket and then put the Z80 back into it. I'd like to see one of those with Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior on the same game. That'd be brilliant. So you wouldn't have to swap the board in and out of your machines. That'd be really cool. Mm. The game was ported to most game systems of the time. Uh, it was on the family computer disk system, the Famicom, Atari 2600, 7800, Atari 8-bit computers, ColecoVision, Coleco Adam, Intellivision, BBC Micro. Uh, three Game & Watch versions came out, were also made. It was also been released on tons of more modern compilations, etc., of, of exact arcade ports. And there were tons and tons of, of copies of this game of some sort. Not quite as many as Donkey Kong, but there was tons of them. The mm. most notable home versions on the NES... Which people like Jake Smith of the Maximum Power Up podcast seem to think is better than the arcade. He is wrong. <laughs> I think he's right. No, he's I wrong. Think it of course, it plays better. It plays smoother. It's not as clunky. It's not. It's not clunky. It really isn't. He's <laughs> very correct in liking it, but incorrect thinking it's the better game. Put it that way. <laughs> I actually had a few goes on the NES version and got a decent score pretty quick. It is a faster game than on the NES. Uh, and it's basically a kid's version of Donkey Kong because it's really easy. It's really super easy. It's not easy. It's simple. It's uh, easy, on, yeah. on my third go, remember the, the levelling is... Because it's a horizontal game on a NES, not a vertical game, everything's squashed a little bit, and mm. certain things don't work the same as Donkey Kong Jr. It's got different sort of layouts a little bit. But mm. after about three games, I've got 148,000 on it. Without even trying. It's simple. It's so easy. <laughs> But it's a, it is a really fun and a very good version and has all the screens. Because original Donkey Kong on the NES has the Pi Factory missing, but Donkey Kong Jr. has all the screens. It's brilliant. It's really good. And you say more fluid controls. That's because the arcade version had little bugs in, as mm. we now know. The worst version is probably on the poor old Intellivision. Sorry, Intellivisionaries. Oh, no. But Kong looks like a weird frog on that. He's green. Yeah. It's really weird. It's not good at all. And the way Junior moves and jumps it's just totally odd i don't think it's got all the levels i think it's only got three of the four levels 
The C64 remake is really accurate. So I believe it uses arcade code. But don't quote me on that one. Not sure. But it's a re- I've right. played its really good version. Really, really good. The version on the arcade 60 in one PCB, a lot of a lot of us have got, it's very, very broken. Junior doesn't grab the locks properly on the the chains level. Sometimes when Junior just grabs sort of half a lock, you, you grab hold of it and you can get going upwards. But on the 60 in one version, when you try and do that, he misses and you, you're carrying up without a lock with you. Yeah, I it's have really weird. This, it's yeah, awful. On the, sixty in one, yeah. And also, you know, you know, everyone knows the sixty in one has sound problems. The sounds don't sound too bad, but when you get to the hideout, all the sounds are missing. The blipply bloops in the background are completely missing. I think the only sounds you get is your jumping noise. It misses loads of sounds. Just they're just not there, and it, it ruins it for me. Really, I can't play that anymore on the sixty in one. It's it's broken, totally broken. And that bit where you're doing the change, when you do the game in such a way every single time, and it misses, it messes you up, and it, it puts yeah. you off, and you just can't do it. It's rubbish. Right, let's get to the scores. What we're going to do on this edit, we had, was it 53 players? It We've had the most players ever on a game, 53 players. So with us two, is 55 people have played this. Sean? Yes? I told you it was good. <laughs> Let's start at the bottom. I'm still scrolling. There we go. Right, Stacey King, 4,400. This game is not for me. Gave it a good hour, but it's too slow, and I dare to say primitive for my tastes. Well, I can see why people love love after watching Vic's how-to video. Didn't even get off the first screens. I found the climbing controls too frustrating. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Ed Horse, some of his office people. Uh, oh, yeah, the Ed Horse this. team. So John from Ed's office, 5,300. Andrew Driver, 6,100. Chris Smith, 8,300, having a hard time with this so far. I know I'm trying to do, uh, I know what I'm trying to do, thanks to 10 pence arcade, but Master Kong has other ideas when I try to do it. Mini Missile number two, 8,900, a good show from a small person. Yeah, that's what Mark Cappy Dude, 11,800, only enough time for a few games on this rather frustrating game. I can see why there is a lot of love for this game, but too much guesswork and lack of jumping from vines for my liking. Sorry, Vic. No problem. Vip, Vip's been on the case, 12,600. Been enjoying the pod alongside Busy Life, but thought I'd give Junior a go. What the F? More practice is muchly needed. It's a great game. Mm, exploding Pinball Man, Boom Go Pinball, 13,700. Really liking the game, no time for a decent score. Also had to do it on my phone. Better than nothing. Oh, that's good for playing on a phone. Oh, my Lord. Tagster, 16,000. He's such a good Donkey Kong player. Mm, didn't like it. Like. Rob Carpenter, 16,800. This may be an apes game, but I am playing like a ne- Neanderthal. Neanderthal, And my scores are macaque. Macaque, that's a monkey, isn't it? Very good. <laughs> Needs practice. Lots of practice. So sort of, sort of me speaking, really. I'm off to Vic, I'm off to view Vic's Simeon self-help video. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, 74. 16,800. First go on the main ROM. Can't emphasize how much better the Famicom NES version is. Arcade has sloppy controls and rubbish FX. No. <laughs> Darren Coles, 17,100, was playing the wrong version to start with. Didn't find this one easy, though, although I did improve slightly. Woody, Piano Shack, 18,200. Great tunes and super tricky. Definitely see why people try and master this one. Lewis Batcave, 18,300. I can loot the shirt out of this out of the NES version. This one is far less forgiving. Loving it, though, and getting better. Uh, here's Jimmy, 18,700. 
Matthew Bridge, 20,900. I can't even get past the fourth screen. I think I can't either. Very poor. Uh, Tin Bob, 21,100. I sort of like it, but I have to agree, it's clunky as hell. No. Bob, Bob is one of my TLAs. Three-letter acronyms. Brother oh. of Bronze. Brother, Brother of, of Bronze. Brother of Bronze. Another one of Ed's people, Anna, 21,500. Uh, Ross Ross, 22,600. Slowly understanding the mechanics of Donkey Kong Jr. Great to see Mario as the bad guy. Love the animation of him getting whacked by Donkey Kong. Ooh. New player, Lee from the past. Lee he's from, he's the past. from the past. He's like a time time warp traveller thing. Time traveller. 22,700. I used to remember playing this on a cocktail cabinet in a cafe when I was about 12. I must have burned through 10 pences when I think I can make a game last a whole five minutes. That's just reminded me... I used to play this with a girl called Zoe who lived down the end of my street in the Palace Youth Club at my school when I was about 14. We used to play on a yeah. cocktail cabinet. She was really good at it, I remember. Is so she your play- girlfriend? No, just a mate. She's a really nice person. Yeah. Uh, Alan Delta Lima, 22,700. Not much time to play Don Kong Jr. So he's, here's my best so far. A stone Cold Classic. Yes, you're Ooh. right, Alan. Rob Player Missile, 24,000. Never made it to the hideout, but the hints really helped Tenpence Arcade. Thanks. Oh, oh, I don't know if I've put this in. Rob's neighbour got 33,400. That's neighbour number one. Neighbour number one, who is super amazing at games. He hadn't seen Donkey Kong Jr. in decades and got this on his first go. I kicked him off it. Yeah, get off. John Singletary, 25,000 dead. Samantha Kong Jr., DK Master, age 11, been playing Donkey Kong Jr. for two weeks, 32,900. Brilliant. Singy, a.k.a. me, a.k.a. Sam Kong Jr.'s dad, been playing for 37 years, 25,000. I am pants. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Keyman, right, I gave it 30 minutes and had to turn off the cab before I table flipped it. How come it feels like it gets harder for every time you start? Like some secret ranking a la, a la Cave or Toa Plan. Couldn't get to the short vine. <gasps> He's got an actual cab. I thought he'd be better at this. Mm. Peter, Peter, Peter. Shane Hollister, so Ooh. so far down the down the line. I, I'm about thirty second. <laughs> oh, brilliant! That makes it even more delicious. Twenty six thousand two hundred <laughs> in your face. Oh, I knew it. Anyway, I tried. Nick seventy three twenty seven five hundred. I'm sort of warming to it, but those freaking vines salvaged a bit of pride at least with a last ditch effort. Thank you for playing. Paul McCaskey, 27,700. I quite like this, but need to put a lot more time into it. It seems less accessible than Donkey Kong. When you put the time in, you'll realise it isn't. Neil, 20 to 5, 27,800. And I'm saving his comment to the end as it as it sums up my view of the game as well. Could you hear it through the box we put him in? Yeah. Let me out! Let me out! Michael Vortman, 28,700. Always comes to the point where too much is happening. I panic and start doing something stupid. That does happen a lot with me as well. Arcade Perfect Podcast. I think this is Daz, not Tagster. Yes. 28,900. Like the game, but need to play more. Absolutely. Ian Cullen, 29,700. Terrible game, terrible score. No! Oops! No, you're wrong, Ian. Sorry. Sol. 30,800, never given DK Jr. much time before, and bloody hellfire, that second screen is a bugger. It's quite amusing to me that we've, we've come across some really decent... Sol is a very, very good player, and some of the other guys are just not getting junior. It's mm-hmm. really for some people and really not for others. Uh, so, yeah, so decent I, players I, are having difficulty with it, which I quite like. 
Samantha Kong Jr., John Singletary's daughter, 32,900. Well done, Sam. That's brilliant. Oh, I did put Rob playing myself's neighbour in the score. 33,400, yeah. This is Ed. This is one of his uh, workmates, Luke, 33,500. Well done, Luke. Chris Busin or Buckin, 35,200. First time player, long time listener. Thank you for playing. Never understood how to get off the first level until playing along with you guys. Loving it now. My favourite DK in heavy rotation. Still can't master the third level. I've only beaten it once. Pesky hate beaks. Oh, aren't they pesky? Damien IW, 37,000. Getting better, but the difficulty seems quite random, and the second level with the locks is definitely much harder. Wonder why they changed the sequence in the USA version. My thoughts exactly. Hmm. Cap'n Crispy, I think another new player. 42,900. Broken 40k, but still not seen the hideout level. Can't stop playing. Ah. Keep going for goals. Go for 50 next. You'll do it. You definitely would do it. Another one of Ed Horse's mates from work, Phil, 51,000. Getting good. Nice. Tactical Giles, 52,900. I've played this game more in the last week than I ever did back in the day. Saw all the screens, I think, and now I'll probably never play it again. No doubt it's a decent game, but it's just not for me. Nowhere near as the original Donkey Kong, in my opinion. Nowhere near as good, but not many are. Ed Horse himself, 58,900. The hideout is madness. I really like it. Would never have kept with it, only for the 10p score. Mm. Tim Keeling, good to meet Tim the other week at the Defender meet. 59,900. This is the best I can do without going insane. Good game. A lot of my school dinner money went into this. I used to survive on just half a cheese sandwich that my mate used to give me. Donkey Kong Jr., you were worth it. So all these scores from about 55,000 onwards, I think, would have got to the hideout. It's about mm. that time when you get to the hideout. So Nick Silver Smurfer, 61,600. Thanks, Victor, for the tips on the hideout level. Put a few hours in on this. Think this is me done now. Some great scores coming through. Folks, well done. Mm. Brian Haribo, 65,300. Have a banana, literally. Finally in Mario's lair, and I'm calling it done. No, keep going. Ben Granville, 66,800. Great game, hard to play with a gamepad. Oh, yeah, you need a four-way stick, mate. Mm. Uh-oh. And he's the dastardly troll ads. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> 78,300. Easily the worst of the Kong series. Nope. Just, far, just far too difficult. Nope. Pure luck if I get past the spring level. Nope. Go to, got to Mario's hideout. Couldn't do that and gave up. Nope. Can't, can't see this popular bit being popular, to be honest. Nope. Torturous 18-second intro, too. No, nope. it's a lovely, beautiful intro. I love it. I watch it every time. In fact, sometimes <laughs> I reset it to watch it again. <laughs> Chris Mooncrest bootleg, 87,700. I think I'm done with this one. Another really good player who can't play this. Yes, I love it when this happens. Right, anybody now who's got over 100,000, I think he's a very good player just, on this game. Just let me get this little device ready. Go on. So we have Mr. Vincent Marlite. <laughs> Your lovely self, sir, got 103,900 no. points. Got more than that. Did you? I got... 106,500, exactly what Ooh. I said. Ooh. Steve Tyke beat me, 108,500. This is a lot harder than I remember back in the day. Close to giving up until watching that video. Now a lot more enjoyable. Cheers, Victor. Charlie Farr. Ooh, you monkey. He's got 122,300, and I was speaking to him last night. He's mm. put, I'm warming to it now. He first off didn't like it, like yep. me. I knew he would. And he's, 
he played it and played it, and now he kind of likes it. He says it's not a patch on Donkey Kong at the minute. In his he opinion. will change his mind. But he does like it. He will change his mind. I knew when I picked this, I had Charlie Far in mind a little bit, thinking, I've got to get him on this. I reckon he'll kill screen it. Because if you're a good player at Donkey Kong, there's a very good chance you'll be good at Donkey Kong Jr. And he's proven mm. this because he started off not very well at all, and he's hit the 100,000. He's well on his way for 150, 200,000, I think. Eric mm. Banana! Another good Donkey Kong Jr. player. 126,400. Well done, Eric. Yeah, thanks for sending the videos as well. He did a few Twitch videos showing us what he was doing. and Cool. And fails, you know, dying a lot. Sal Bugliarassi, another good score from Sal. Sal is a bit out... of a dark horse, isn't he? He is. He's like a horse, but dark. Yeah, in, in, in a it... black box somewhere. At night. Being horsey. In a mine. 134,100. Well done, Sal. He loves the game. It's definitely a tough one, but I found I didn't really start enjoying it until I finally understood all the little ins and outs. Exactly. Mm. Right, here we have two amazing scores. In second mm. place yes. is Alex Nintendo Arcade with a whopping 203,600. It is put, it only took me seven years to get to 200,000. Here's my new high score. Yep. Seven years? I've got to play it seven years before I get the hang of it. I think you will, yeah. Price. Before we do the top score, uh, my top that was on my high score kit before I, I reset it was 155,000, which was Alex's score. And the next mm. one down was 143,000, which was me. So that's my top score ever, 143. But for this challenge, I got 106. So Alex, highest on his machine at the time was 193,000. And I'm so glad he's beaten it. It's taken a bit ages to do it. And he's... he's Knocked that milestone on the head now. 203,600. Well done, Alex. Really, really good. But top of the list is one of Alex's mates. I've met him. He's a good guy. Mm. Retro Dave Nintendo. Another Nintendo fan. 285,900 points. This is on an original dedicated cab. Brilliant. Well done, Dave. Amazing score. Well done, yeah. But Alex and I know a guy from UK VAC who had a really nice original machine he he restored himself who kill-screened it with over a million. God. Uh, Al. Pac-Man Al, he's called on on UK VAC. But I don't think he listens to the podcast. Uh, He might be getting out of the hobby now. We haven't heard of him for a while, but he can get over a million on it. And he's a really good Donkey Kong player as well. I messaged Retro Dave and said, is this your highest score ever? And he says it is. He says that's his highest ever, 285,900. Oh, he's going to do 300 easy now, I reckon. Yeah, there's some... We've had so many good players on this. And like, like people that are normally good at games have struggled, you know. Yeah, I like it. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a shake-up, isn't it, of our players? Mm. Which is nice yeah. to do now and again, I think. So, let's have a summary and possible improvement. Because it's not perfect, a game. There is little problems. Mm. What, do you, what do you reckon? One one I would like to see is don't start the chain level all over again when you die. So if you've got two locks in, spawn with two locks in. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> the, the, the level's quite quick anyway. Unless you uh, on the higher levels, it does take a little bit longer because sometimes you've got to wait for the snappers to move out the way and wait for the bird patterns. So it does get a bit long. But on the first few levels, it's quite a quick game anyway. And on on the NES version, it's very very quick because the. The chains are shorter as well, and you move faster, so it's really quick on the nets. Mm. Uh, fix a springboard for me. It's an actual known bug. Uh, it regularly doesn't work after the first occasion on it. As I said, something to do with not reading the inputs when it should do. And Sockmaster, the guy, 
that's his nickname, who did the uh, Junior remix, has actually fixed it on that board. And obviously, I said, you can still play the original game as well. Uh, there are input lag problems with the game as well. Some people have been through the code and proved this, but it's always been this way. Yeah, It's always been like that. And a lot of people can kill screen the game you know, with nearly a million points. So you obviously get over it and just learn how the game works. It does feel a bit laggy to me on the ropes and stuff, but it it's the mechanics of the game. You'll be on the ropes in a minute, young man. Oh. Keep disagreeing with me. Pow! Pow! For me, uh, this is equal to Donkey Kong, but actually looks better. And I think I can keep getting better at it. And it doesn't have the springs level, which my eyes and brain can't get around on Donkey Kong. And it is an obvious ceiling for me. I just can't do it. The cab is also way nicer looking than Donkey Kong. That Miyamoto really knows how to design a game and the art for the game. Mm-hmm. As Donkey Kong, you need to learn the rules of this game and how to play the game properly. It takes ages to get good and quite a while even getting through the four screens. But persevere. It's well worth it and very rewarding when you reach higher goals each time you play. I remember jumping up and down the first time I ever saw the hideout screen and obviously died very quickly. But seeing that little helicopter flying by and you on the umbrella was amazing. I'd never seen it before, and it was just brilliant when I first saw it. Mm. Right, I've put, love the cab, the colourful graphics and sound, iconic 80s sounds in it. But for me, this is a game that looks better than it plays. Right, This is a tweet from Mr. 20 to 5 that sums up my feelings for the game. Almost, I'm going to say after this he's put guys 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 i tried i really tried i wanted to love it but i struggled to find more than just a fondness clunky on the ropes annoying deaths and falls just not fun that said the variety in the levels is refreshing sorry now since since last night when i started sort of kind of liking it i agreed with that but i do i am warming to it and it it's one of them it's like centipede it will take you an age to yeah. get good at it I I do I have played it a lot today actually and I've only increased my score by what is it six thousand <laughs> <laughs> so I can't do the spring level yet I just can't do it I promise I, I if you get persevere at the game you will get better at it and when you learn how things work and the subtle changes than levels you will get better at it but so it I does get fiendish yeah. fiendishly difficult after level three and four. So I mean, the birds one. are really fast, and the, the springboard level is mm-hmm. different because the birds are faster. The jungle level at the start, I hardly ever get killed on because I can just sort of do it, even at the fastest level with the respawns. It's not really a problem. I, I struggle on that one sometimes. But the hideout, the second way around on the hideout is basically exactly the same as the first level, the first time round. But you've got to hit that third yellow spark in the right place. I know how to do it. Just got to get there and try it out, and that to do it. And if you don't get it, your level's knackered. You just got to try and finish it. It's very difficult to finish it when you don't do it right. But once you've done that and, and get the, the hang of that, it gets easier. And then the springboard level is a pain. And obviously the locks. When it gets really busy on the locks, you've got two things to look at coming up and down the vines. You've got birds to negotiate. You've got to, there is actually another thing I forgot to say. There's two safe spots on that level. This is really important, I nearly forgot to tell you. There are two safe spots where if you get nestled in between a top bird and a lower bird, above and below you, you can just sit there indefinitely. They won't get you. They cannot get you. But if a red red snap jaw comes down or up the level, it can get you, obviously. But you can Mm. stay on that particular... There's two heights, sort of about 
a third up and then two thirds up the springs. Uh, sorry, the yeah. the chains. And when you're sta- when you're stuck on that bit, you can go left to right without any of the birds hitting you. They will scrape above and below you and won't touch you ever. They just won't mm. do it. It's the safe spots. You can hang there and wait for stuff to happen. That's really important to know exactly where the safe spots are. There's not many pixels between getting killed and staying alive. But when you sort right. of see a bird go under you, you can just nestle above him, and then the ones above you won't get you. It's very important to know that on that level. I think from your video, I sort of found them, so that did help me. And I quite like that level now, the chain level. But the, the spring level, I think it'll be a while before I can do that. It's a bit I can a do the bottom bit. Do the bottom bit all right. It's just the birds at the top. I was having difficulty playing earlier because I was playing on that weird one, two, three, four Japanese ROM set level. So mm. I've got the remix kit, and I didn't realise until now what was wrong with it. And what I will do is probably change my ROMs to the US ROMs so I can play the original game ROMs and the DK Junior remix as well. So I will yeah. do that. Um, and I was finding it difficult doing that bit at the top, but it's just patterns again. The birds go in yeah. certain patterns. The patterns do change, but when you know where that when one is and the next one's going to be a certain way, you can then go down that that rope and survive and do the last bit. It's not too difficult. And actually doing, when the birds are going quite quickly at the top and you've got to do the jump up, move a little bit, jump up, move a little bit, jump up, that is really easy when you know how to do it. But if yeah. you do a jump across by accident, you will definitely get killed every time. Because the birds are moving quicker, they're gonna you're gonna land on one rather than in between one. It, it 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 does have that clunkiness to it, but I think if you get through, get round so. it, it, it is. So. I think it is on the ropes. It can be. You can't. I would like you know as fast as you tap the joystick, you could go across the ropes that quick. That would be a good feature, I think. What expert players do, and it is on the video on the website, is when the guy is on a higher level, about to do the kill screen. Obviously, it's been doing like that for a long time on the ropes. When he's pushing two ropes up at a time, he doesn't he doesn't span the two with both hands and go up. Because mm-hmm. if a bird comes close to you, you've got to move to one rope and then go down. He stays on one rope, pushes one up, because obviously you can drop down a lot quicker when you're only holding on to one rope. Right. So what he does, he does that, and he comes back and gets the other one with one hand as well and just slowly pushes them up one at a time. Right. He does a little bit of one, then goes back for the other one, takes a bit more, then takes the other one a bit more. And it's, I thought I was watching thinking... That is a crazy way of doing it. And I realised that if something comes, he's not like a red snapper goes really fast down or a bird or both at the same time are going to get him, he can quickly react downwards and get out of trouble. That's why mm-hmm. he does it. Really right. clever when I worked out that. I'm not to that level of, of decent playing yet, but if I get that, that's what I'll be doing as well. Nice. Yeah. So I, I did change my opinion on this at the last minute and I think it is a good game. It's, Which I'm pleased I to hear. Incredibly tough. I find it. You've got to learn it. You've just got to learn it. <laughs> I don't you? see it, but I have been playing a long time. When yeah. I first started playing it, I didn't get annoyed with it because I knew everything I was doing was wrong and I needed to improve and learn rules. And I did, and it just came naturally in the end. And mm. when I came back to it recently, I was rusty as heck for a little while, but then I'm, I'm sort of back now. And what I want to achieve is 150k. If I can do 150k, I'll be happy and I will try for 200, but 150 would be really nice to get. Because I've only got 143 ever before. Yeah. So I am going to keep it in that cab and play it for a little while more. Mm. Cool. That is about it for Donkey Kong Jr. Next show's game. All we have time to do now is talk about next show's game, and I've amended it for you. (laughs) I've amended it to Ms. Pac-Man Speed Up by Namco. No, you haven't. I, I, I tried to. 
Yes, right. This is my pick. It is. What we need in this show, Vic, what we need is some more, more <sighs> bullets. More bullets. It, it's been 18 months since we last featured a bullet house. I've been very restrained with my choices. You still had bullets? Where, where, where? You've had bullets in different games. Yeah, but not a bullet Our type was bullets. There's, it's hellish. Yeah, I the know. Baido Empire is a hellish place, is it not? But this, you're going to love this one. I know you like bullet hells. I don't think I am, actually. I think I've played it before and didn't think much of it. Go on, what is it? This is Strikers 1945-3, called Strikers 1999 in Japan. Okay. It's from the mighty Sikio. It's about time we did another Sikio game. I think Gumbird was the last one we did. Uh, that's rubbish. And this is fantastic. It is It is a really tough I'm shaking bullet my hell head. shoot. The ROM is S1945III, S1945-3. Or the di- Ms. Pac-Man. Their lives, extra lives and difficulty are all default. I, I cannot find any settings. I can't find a service menu. There might be one there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. okay. So just it'll probably be set to default, so just play that, yeah? Yeah. For okay. Raspberry Pi owners... It works fine in advanced main, but it doesn't. It plays really slow in Final Burn Alpha and LR main 2003, and it's not even in main for all. So oh. you've got advanced main on the Raspberry Pi if you're going to play it. That's what I use. There's only one game that needs FBA for me that doesn't work because I use everything on advanced main. Right. I think Uncle Pooh is the only game that doesn't work on there. Oh. So if anyone gets to level five on this beast of a beautiful game, you are a very good shoot 'em up player. Oh, how many levels are there? Do you know? Eight. I'll get to two, probably. <laughs> I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Yeah, Horizontal or yeah. vertical scrolling? It's a vertical scrolling. Oh, bullet- what a surprise from you. Bullet heaven. You're going to love it, Vic. Probably not. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, submit your score on Twitter with either hashtag 10p score, 10p score, or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post and pitches, please. And deadlines for score submissions is the 1st of April, April Fools. Okay. So thanks for podcasting with me, Sean. And thanks to everyone played along and gave feedback and talked to us and interacted. Keep on doing it. We love it. Thank you very much. And talk to you in two weeks' time. Yes. Thank you very much for all those players. It was excellent. Thank you. Cheers, Vic. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 